Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. This is amazing. What day is this, honey? Brett Favre's first game. I was in the sunroom, you were asleep. I remember this play, I almost started crying. This is what I thought we were going to win. This is the neatest display I've ever seen. It's neat. All the years, different venues. I get my left one for that radio right there. championships and then he was a coach and we sucked.
to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 19th of October, year of our Lord, 2018, as you can hear by the intro. Lambo was amazing, and I apologize for those that listen to this podcast regularly. I, I suck, man. I just suck. I got back, had a bunch of stuff going on, hit the fishing circuit a little bit, and I, yeah, I haven't done a podcast. It's the longest we've gone without a podcast. Um, well, February, two years. Uh, I just, man. Couldn't get one done. Every time I went to sit down and do one, something else came up. So I apologize, but we're going to make up for it today. We got a lot of stuff. We're going to finish out the, well, we're kind of going to finish out the Kavanaugh because now they're talking about impeaching him if they win the House and Senate. Um, but I wanted to start with Lambo first and foremost. I, I, once again, bucket list event worth every penny. Um, I could have stayed for two or three days. Of course, I have a wife that's non-football, so she was bored to fucking tears. So I, I did did it in one day. But the tour is amazing. You get to go in a box seat. They take you out the tunnel. I can't play the sound that I got because I illegally recorded uh, walking out of the tunnel. You're not supposed to record anything. But I accidentally hit record on the camera because uh, I had a real camera with me and my phone. And you got to walk out the tunnel, and they say, welcome, our Green Bay Packers. And they have crowd noise. They open the thing, and you're out on the field. i got to go to the Lambeau Leap end, where Leroy Butler did the first Lambeau Leap. Um, take pictures. You can't touch the grass because people dump ashes. And then you got to yell, go, Pack, go. Um, it was 12 bucks for military or retirees like myself. And uh, then the Hall of Fame. What you heard was one exhibit where they have old TVs and radios and they go through all the championships for the Packers, you know, for people that aren't Packer fans. There's 13 championships. Um, and then they have the Super Bowls and you hear all of it on the different devices. I thought it was a really neat display. And then you get old fashioned TV in black and white and you have an old fashioned color. And that's 67, 68, or, yeah, 67, 68. And then you get the 96 and 2011 Super Bowls on an HDTV. It was just a fantastic event. I ate a small child amount of cheese curds and brats, um, which were delicious. Brought a bunch of brats back, brought a bunch of cheese curds back. And I found something that, you know, I never knew existed. Um, I am a Westerner. It's kind of like Days of Thunder. Oregon people, you really don't call them anything. So being raised in Oregon, I've never heard of a Kringle. 
But for the love of God and everything holy, man, those things are good. We went to Uncle Mike's. It's the world's voted world's best Kringle, which is kind of like the world's best cup of coffee. You don't really know if it's true or not. And, uh, wow, they have freebies. And they literally told me to try them all. So we were going there for breakfast. I ended up not eating breakfast because I tried every fucking Kringle they had. And I basically got full off that. And we brought home some Kringles. Just fucking delicious. Um, also, the summer sausage. You know, um, a lot of people make their own. I'm not a hunter. Um, no offense to anybody listening to the show that's in the South. The deer in the South are like big dogs. I mean, I just don't understand why you... What are you getting out of it? You're not getting enough meat. So a lot of people make their own summer sausage, but I don't. And so, you know, I usually just get... Hillshire Farms or, you know, Johnsonville. It's usually pretty good. But I went and stopped at a bunch of places because we went into the Door Peninsula. And if you look on a map, it goes out into Lake Michigan. And it is like a Stephen King novel, literally. Um, dudes walking around in captain hats, smoking a pipe. It's just fucking bizarre uh, if you've never been in that area. <clears throat> also, great bass fishing, by the way. I didn't bring the boat, but there's incredible bass fishing. On the tip there, but I literally got sausage, summer sausage, just stopped at random places. Now, granted, one of them was so gamey, it was like eating like fresh killed moose, which I've done. So that wasn't that great. Um, but then I got one and I got, I think it was Mercer's. Yeah, Mercer's. Um, fantastic summer sausage. I went to Renard's, for those that are Packer fans, if you listen to a Packer game on the radio network, or if you listen to the NFL, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's not the Sunday ticket, it's the one where you get to listen to the radio. Um, they do Renard's commercials a lot. So I went there and got beef sticks. So so basically, the point is, let's get back to politics. I know somebody's in the background going, shut the fuck up, you fat fuck. A um, lot of good food. Great trip. Wisconsin is beautiful. It wasn't cold when I was there, but the trees have turned. And I, bucket list checked. I've gone to Wisconsin. I've gone to Lambeau. I slept right next to it. And anybody that follows me uh, in my real life, on my real Facebook, you saw plenty of pictures. Um, I'll probably put one on the Flyover Politic webpage uh, and the Flyover Politic uh, Facebook page. I've been meaning to do it. I'll put out a little thing about going to Wisconsin. Great time. So let's get back into our politics. As we covered before... Uh, but I wanted to get more in depth. There's been some arrests, which are good. Accused doxer, GOP senator, allegedly threatened to publish lawmakers' children health info. That's new on what we reported uh, 10 days ago. A Democratic congressional aide accused of publishing the private information of at least three Republican lawmakers allegedly threatened to leak senators' children health information. Jackson Costco, who recently worked for Sheila Jackson Lee, was arrested for allegedly posting the personal information of a number of senators. Graham, Lee, Hatch, of Utah, with information such as their home addresses, phone numbers, Graham Lee and Hatch information was published on Thursday, and this is dated, of course. This is two Thursdays ago. According to sworn statements by Capitol Police, Captain Jackson Bell, a witness, saw Costco at a computer in a senator's office, where he used to work, the day after two other unnamed senators' information had been put on Wikipedia. Costco worked for Democratic senators, including Feinstein, Maggie Hassan, Barbara Boxer, and Lee, and you know why they did it. They probably put him up to it, and he got paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Then we have this one, breaking news, Natalie Mayflower Sowers Edwards. If you got multiple hyphen name, you are a severe douchebag. I don't even know what to say for that. That's like three last names, for fuck's sake. Has been arrested by the FBI and will face federal charges for leaking FinCEN suspicious activity reports to media organizations. She's the one that was linking all the stuff from Rosenstein. Yeah. It's her. So she got arrested. Marco Rubio sets us off because we're going to definitely, we've had a lot of hate. So we're going to start off with hate before going to fire for effect. And, and he did a tweet that just struck me. I was I was driving. My wife fell asleep. I kind of flipped around on Twitter. Yeah, I didn't supposed to text and drive, but I was bored to fuck. And this one just stuck with me. Can you imagine what Democrats and many in the media would be saying if it was conservatives ambushing them in a restaurant, confronting them at home, disrupting Senate hearings and vote with primal screams, and now literally banging on the door of Supreme Court building? They would call it a mob. And our hypocrisy today, the media is not happy with Trump and Republicans calling their team mob. We have a special thing on Brooke Baldwin, purling her, she's pearl-clutching, over the use of mob, but he's spot on. This would never be tolerated if these politicians were Republicans. When they go low, we kick them. And if you see anybody in a restaurant, in a store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. Get up and please. Get up in the face of some Congress people. Is this the quote? One of my Democratic colleagues in this body has encouraged people to, and I quote, get in the face of some of those Congress people. Really? How does that move the cause of justice forward? The House Minority Leader wants to see uprisings over the country. Seriously? Another member of the House said... And I'm quoting the entire quote here. They're not going to be able to go to a restaurant. Talking about They're not going to be able to stop at a gasoline station, she says. They're not going to be able to a department store. The people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest. They're going to absolutely harass them until they decide that they're going to they can no longer hang with him. Same member of the House also said, if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, department store, or gasoline station. Since we retired and took our little 10-day siesta, or at least your podcast hosted, there's been a lot of shit going on, but the media doesn't care. ABC, NBC, CBS ignore GOP candidates allegedly assaulted by left-wing protesters. Two Minnesota Republican politicians were allegedly assaulted by left-wing protesters over the weekend, and the big three networks have ignored it, even after the media has been up in arms worrying that Trump supporters would commit violence against Democrats or reporters. Republican State Representative Sarah Anderson told a local CBS station that she was threatened, followed, and punched in the arm by a self-proclaimed anarchist whom she confronted for destroying her campaign side. I said, you can't do that. Yes, I can. I'm an anarchist. I can do whatever I want, which sounds like a child. And I said, no, you can't. That's not your property. 
Anderson said. Anderson tried unsuccessfully to videotape the encounter as a man backed her into the street swearing. And he charged at me again and said, go kill yourself. I ended up stepping here and there. Traffic's coming. That's when Anderson got back in her car and saw the man walking a foot on foot towards the gas station. She drove to the station and captured a cell phone image of the man charging her again. He tried to stop her from leaving, punching her in the arm. I said, I'm leaving now, I'm leaving now, blah, 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 blah. Um, what's the second incident? McAleen said he had stopped at a restaurant Friday to ask if he could hold a campaign event there. He was talking to a few people around a high-top table, and a man in a group punched him out of nowhere. McAleen, McAleen, whatever the fuck his name is, said he fell backwards and blacked out when he hit the floor. Nobody cares. They just don't care. But they support our media. The following sound bites. You're going to hear Farrakhan once again, because remember, Twitter won't block Farrakhan, saying he doesn't, he's not an anti Semite. He doesn't hate Jews. He hates termites. So he's saying that now they're termites. And Antifa, brought to you by my little bro, Matt in Oregon, took over motherfucking Portland. Now. White folk don't like Farrakhan. Some of them respect me. But those who have been our deceivers, they can't stand me. I'm not mad with you. In fact, to the members of the Jewish community that don't like me, thank you very much for putting name all over the planet because of your fear of what we represent. I can go anywhere in the world and they've heard of Farrakhan. Thank you very much. I'm not mad at you because you're so stupid. Don't you know, my teacher, Elijah Muhammad, taught me one day. He said, there once was a donkey that fell in the ditch. And everybody came along, they picked up a stone and threw it at the donkey. They threw so many stones till the ditch got filled up and the donkey walked out. So my teacher said, brother, remember... Every knock is a boost. So when they talk about Farrakhan, call me a hater. You know what they do? Call me an anti-Semite. Stop it. I'm anti-termite. I don't know nothing about it. Hating somebody because of the How's everybody doing? My name is Anthony Brian Logan, and today we got to talk about Portland being basically taken over by Antifa and, to a lesser extent, 
Black Lives Matter. Now, I do have video of this particular situation, but before I get into the video, I need to kind of tee it up for you so you understand what's going on. Now, Sunday, September 30th of this year, right around 3 a.m., a fight breaks out in this particular area, which is Southwest 4th and Harvey Milk. If you're from Portland, I guess you understand where that is. But a fight breaks out. There's gunshots. A guy is running away from the scene and towards the police with a gun in his hand. The police are telling him, drop the weapon, drop the weapon. He does not drop the weapon. So the police shoot him and he dies later in the hospital. The guy was running from the scene where the fight broke out and where the shooting was, where two other people were shot. They did not die. But the prevailing thought is that this guy, Patrick Kimmons, who this protest is for, was the one that shot those two other people. So there you have it. People are upset about it. I guess they're saying that the police shouldn't have killed him, even though he probably shot those two other people, even though he is a prior convicted felon, even though he had a gun in his hand, even though the police told him to drop the weapon, he did not drop the weapon. But I digress for now. What I'm going to do is go ahead and roll the clip. After we get done with the clip, I'll talk about what happened there. And then I'll give you my two cents about Antifa, Black Lives Matter, everything else, and wrap it on up with a nice bow on top. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll it. Oh, oh. can I? Well, shut the fuck up. Sir, go trip, dumb bitch. Just go that way. Because I told you to. Really? Mm-hmm. Don't hurt Yeah, me. brother. Just go, yeah, you little white little go. fucker. Really? Yeah. You're that a fucking whitey, little whitey, whitey, aren't you? The First Amendment, get the fuck down the road. Please just keep going the direction. Just please turn right please for Christ's sake. Please go the direction I asked for you Jesus to go. Christ, please, turn right. Please, you're blocking you? traffic and they're getting this. Oh, we're blocking traffic. You can turn. You can just turn. Just go. Just go. Just turn, please. Please just Now you're going to have to wait because you got cars coming. Bro, what are we sitting here? Oh, you're South Carolina. Carolina. You are a little white supremacist. North Carolina, I wrote that. Right. I'm a white supremacist because I'm white. Are you kidding me? Go back to North Carolina where you came from. We don't need your KKK. Take your cake or North Carolina. Shut the fuck up so I can speak. I got traffic. But I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle of the, the intersection. Oh, and uh, if I can have someone Where is it? Well, I can't. Well, they're blocking traffic. Patrick, give it! Patrick, give it! Patrick, give it! Fucking dumbass! I know you hit me right now. I'll beat the shit out of you. I'll beat the shit out of you with him. Fuck you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Dumbass. Slow, slow, slow down. There's no reason to. You're lucky you didn't hit me. I'd have beat your ass. I No, 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 
All right. So you see what's going on there. You see what's happening. Now, there's a lot of things that are going on in this clip. Let's jump to the elephant in the room. At least it's the elephant in the room to me. Where are the police? You saw the man in the vehicle calling the police saying, hey, I'm at this intersection. I'm trying to go forward. They're not letting me. What's going on? I need somebody to come out here. And then you saw the camera zoom in on the police. They were right there. The guy was right there by his bike and was just standing to the side. I think the mayor, I can't really confirm this, but this is just my thought. I think the mayor told them to stand down and just to watch, to not really intervene. This is a particular pattern that happens because at the hospital where Patrick Kimmins was dying, his family came there and was causing an extreme ruckus. They were throwing chairs. They were acting a plum fool. The police did not intervene. The mother thanked the police for not intervening, despite the family being uh, very emotional, this, that, and the third. Meanwhile, they turned up the whole hospital and the police are doing nothing. All right. So I don't necessarily blame the police. I think they're acting on orders. I mean, if you're being ordered to stand down, what are you really going to do? You have no choice but to stand down. But for now, I digress. I'm going to get back to the whole situation here. The police were sorely needed and Tifa was directing traffic. I've never seen anything like that in my life. These people are not crossing guards. These people are not police officers. They're just random people wearing their black, just trying to incite violence. And people can say, oh, they're not really inciting violence. They're just protecting themselves. I mean, from who? There's nobody out there harassing them or doing anything to them and the local reporting on it has been shameful and i'll place some articles from the local news in portland in the description box so you're able to read it for yourself they're talking about oh one person did get rammed by a car no they didn't they were landing on top of the hood it didn't get rammed because it was this old man just trying to get to destination i don't know where he was going but you got to think if you're in downtown and you're blocking off what could possibly be a major street you're going to really inconvenience people to the point where they're not getting to a very important place in an expedient fashion. And how are you going to be out there directing traffic if you're not a police officer or some kind of guard that has that authority to do so? But then again, you're talking about Portland where the police are told to stand down. So maybe in a way they do have authority because nobody is challenging their authority. The police are right there. So if the police aren't jumping in, then that means that you have mob rule happening. This ain't even the first time for Portland. There was a situation in the summer where they were on this whole uh, abolish ice kick and they were blocking off the entrance to ice with human beings laying on the ground. They said it was like 200 people or up to 200 people in the pseudo encampment right there. And of course, you're dealing with the left coast. You're dealing with a liberal, extremely liberal city. You know, it's going to be drugs. They're talking about they had to bring in the hazmat team to clean up their mess. And that's always hilarious. You have these environmentalists, these tree hugger liberals. So they say they're tree hugging. They leave the biggest message you ever could imagine. After all these protests, there's all kind of signs on the ground, all kind of human waste, use hypodermic needles. You know, people got HIV, AIDS, hepatitis, all that. Okay. Disgusting people that tell you that you're the problem. All right. I'm not the one out there defecating on the ground or banging needles in the middle of the street to so-called protest ice. 
And why are you protesting ICE anyway? These people that come into the country illegally that commit crime, are they going to do anything to help you in your life? All they're going to do is make your life that much more difficult. But I'll move on away from that particular subject. I'm getting a little bit triggered. Let's get back to Patrick Kimmins. Now, this guy had a rap sheet, had been locked up before on a weapons charge, a gun charge. I mean, this is not somebody that you would look to as a role model or a choir boy. And he also got services from the city's program called GIFT. It's an acronym for Gang Impacted Family Team. So they're trying to break the tie, the, the generational ties between individuals and gangs. That They're trying to really just, I guess, liberate the community from the gang culture. Obviously, it really didn't work in this particular case. It's unfortunate the man died. He had a girlfriend with two kids, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. But this guy was up to no good. I mean, come on, three o'clock in the morning, you out there fighting guns are brandished gunshots are heard you're shooting you're running with a gun in your hand i mean come on what are you doing out there with a gun in your hand at three o'clock in the morning leaving the scene where there's gunshots at if you are so-called turning your life around you know that's the main thing people talking about his family saying oh he's turning his life around well i can't really tell if you're out there at 3 a.m it was probably a drug deal gone bad or a robbery or something like that that's what happened. There's no reason for him to be out there in that situation. And people that are out there protesting, what are you really protesting? And what's up with all these people that are white, that hate white people? These guys out there talking about, oh, you must be a whitey. Go back to South Carolina, North Carolina, wherever you come from. It's like, <laughs> you're white. So how are you going to, you know, call this man out for being white? Y'all both white. Y'all are the same. You're probably related. So I really don't get it. This is the mental illness that the left has bestowed upon America. Here we are. These people out there, your Antifa, your Black Lives Matter, the more you want to support your game bangers, the more you want to support the violent people in the community, you're going to get a negative result. You're going to get more people on our side or at least away from you. They're going to go to the center left, center right. They're going to be more libertarian, more moderate because they're not really with all that stuff out there. Blocking cars, hitting cars, spitting on people uh, outside, living in squalor and filth, banging needles. The average individual does not want to live that way, especially not here in the USA. People that come from other countries look at a San Francisco and see the streets and say, this is disgusting. I come from a third world country. This is worse than that. Nobody wants to live that way. So that's pretty much all I got. So what say you? Do you think that Antifa has taken over Portland? Like I said, this ain't the first time this has happened. This is kind of a recurring theme at this point. Who's to blame for it? Where are the police? Who's telling the police to stand down? Is it the chief? Is it the mayor? Is it the governor? What's going on here? Why is there no rule of law in these streets? Why is it that Antifa can block off this intersection where the police shooting happened and just do whatever they want, direct traffic and stuff like that with the blessing of whoever is in charge, the mayor, police, governor, or whoever. Do you think that this can be turned around? Do you think that this does what I say which is to bring more individuals away from their side and towards our side. Whatever your comments are, 
Please let me know in the comments below. And that's all I got to say for this video. If you like what you heard, please comment, rate, share, and subscribe. Peace. Long soundbite, I know, but they fucking took it over with the mayor's approval, as we'll see in a few seconds. But they also, attack is merely the beginning. Antifa vandalizes New York City GOP headquarters, warn of more violence. Daily Caller reported that the Metropolitan Republican Club in Manhattan, which houses the Manhattan Republican Party and the New York City Regional Office of the New York Republican Party, was vandalized, including broken windows, spray-painted anarchist symbols, the criminal group that did the damage, also left a note. Tonight, we put the Republican Party on notice in defiance of the pol policy of mass misery they have championed. The U.S. government established concentration camps around the country for Latino people, shamelessly murdering black people, and continues this war machine that has slaughtered Muslim people with impunity for decades. The so-called land of the free leads the world in incarceration rates per capita all while profiteering in a new plantation within the prison walls. While these atrocities persist un unabated, the Metropolitan Republican Club chose to invite a hipster fascist clown to dance for them, content to revel in their treachery against humanity. The Republican Party, joined by their spineless partners in crime, the Democratic Institute, a policy of domestic and foreign terror felt the world over. Our attack is merely at the beginning. We are not passive. We are not civil. We will not apologize. Blah, 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 blah. It keeps going on. Oh, Tony, that's just a random bunch of people. No, it's not. No, it's not. All those words come out of our media's mouth. All those words come out of Democratic fucking politicians' mouth. And all we've heard is, you know, we watched during the election, especially in San Jose, Chicago, resist members, people against Trump, starting fights, and then they blame the Trump supporters. We've heard from our Acostas, our Cuomos, our Don Lemons, our Chuck Toads, that these... People, these Trump supporters are going to do mass violence on politicians and people. Yet every fucking podcast. I show you violence from the other side towards anybody that's not them. Half the time, not even Republicans. And they don't report it. And to Portland. Portland mayor stands by decision to allow Antifa to block traffic hassle motors. Ted Wheeler came under fire over a viral video showing Antifa protesters blocking traffic and harassing drivers. But he says he supports the decision by police to watch from a distance without getting involved. I was appalled by what I saw in the video, but I support the Portland Police Bureau decision not to intervene. This whole incident will be investigated. The video posted by journalist Andy C. Go showed protesters, including members of Antifa, BLM, blocking an intersection and attempting to direct traffic at while officers on motorcycles watch from a block away. At one point, the activists chased down 74-year-old Ken Hauser after he made a right turn against their wishes, pounding on his silver Lexus and breaking a window. The car sustained thousands of dollars of damage, he told the Oregonian. Even so, Wheeler insisted the motorists should feel completely safe in downtown Portland. Demonstrators did not obtain a permit before holding the October 6th march to protest the death of Patrick Kibbins, a 27-year-old black man who was shot and killed by September 30th by police. The shooting is under investigation, and that officer is going to be ruined, even though he didn't do anything wrong. The mayor has been accused of taking a kid-glove approach to protests that routinely roil the liberal enclave, such as summer occupation of immigration and custom forces building, which saw Portland police refuse to assist ICE officers. This is the kind of street anarchy that routinely happens. 
where I live, tweeted Mr. Nago. More rioting broke out Saturday night as Antifa activists brawled with protesters to turn out for a flash march for law and order. Organized Patriot Para right-wing group. Right-wing. Oh, the right-wing. Okay. Portland police made no arrest during the bloody melee, even though officers observed people in possession of hard knuckle gloves, firearms, batons, knives. Officers also observed people using pepper spray. Officers responded to the scene and used less lethal munitions to break up the fight and prevent further violence. But all the right-wing people went to jail, but nobody else did. We will continue to investigate this incident and ask that anyone who is a victim of a crime to come forward and file a report. According to TV station KGW, four people received medical attention, but authorities did not know whether anyone was hospitalized. Mr. Wheeler, who also holds the title of police commissioner, took a swipe at recent unflattering news coverage, such as Fox News story headline, Mob Rule, Leftist Protesters Take Over Portland Street. I'm willing to take criticism all day long for Fox News, but I'm not willing to accept criticism for Fox News of the men and women of the Portland Police Bureau. The mayor argued that law enforcement is in a no-win situation. This is a story of Goldilocks and the two bears. <coughs> the porridge is either too hot or it's too cold, Wheeler told reporters. At any given moment this city, the police are criticized for being heavy-handed, intervening too quickly, or they're being criticized for standoffish and not intervening at all. Oh, and three arrested for violence erupt outside New York City Republican Club event. That's a different one, not the same one. They're a mob. And I don't blame the mob. I blame our media and I blame our Democratic politicians. The ads, which is our next podcast, which will be on Tuesday. Tuesday! Tuesday! I promise. The 23rd of October, year roller, 2018. It's just going to be ads. Some of the ads that I'm seeing, basically, I hate her, and I say I hate her, Marsha Blackburn. She is... The Pablo Escobar, she's pushing opioids on everybody. Bill Lee is a fucking Satanist. Majority Ford. I'm going to do a little research on Majority Ford. It's a leftist group. Their commercials are beyond the pale. They are basically making Republicans the devil. And I know there's Republican ones out there. But it's not on the scale. The scale is you have to take over your country. Republicans are going to kill you. The fear-mongering. It comes from our media. And this is what's happening. This is what we're getting. When you, Chuck Toad, cuddle up to Antifa, bring him on your show two or three times, and all you talk about is the Tiki Torch guys that never hurt anybody. They're racist pieces of shit, but they didn't hurt anybody. They walked around like a bunch of weirdos with Tiki Torches, and we're still living off that. Charlottesville is still what they want to talk about. They want to go back to that. Charlottesville, nobody got hurt. That lady got hit by a guy who was getting bricked. He freaked. That's why you don't hear the case. You don't hear anything about it. He was scared to death because as we proved on the show, Resist was trying to kill them, literally. And he freaked and he hit a woman. But everything out of that was the left. And now all you have is the left. You know, I I thought just for a second, and I hate to pontificate, during... The Tea Party, 
the one guy with the rebel flag, the one guy with the inappropriate sign that could be perceived as racism because our president's black so we can't talk about him, period, if you're white. The one guy with the rifle was the Tea Party. The media didn't cover the protest. They covered the one guy. Now we're told the one guy who does something bad doesn't sum up the great work these patriot freaking beautiful people that are fighting for freedom are doing in our streets. And as I said, hypocrisy, they're, they're clutching pearls because we're calling a mob. They're a mob. They're out of control. And the media and the Democrats are using that mob because that mob is meant to scare the population and hopefully tamp down voting. We talk about voter ID law on here all the time. That the left's, oh, it's racist because a black person can't get one because they're incapable of getting an ID because black people are so incapable, which really makes me always say, you're the fucking racist if you say that. But we prove it a million times. You need an ID for everything, but we say that is voter suppression. No, no, your mob out in the street is voter suppression. And with the election about to come, you wait. I guarantee we're going to see Black Panther bullshit again. Resist people around election polling sites. Fearing people to vote for Democrats. Yeah. So, we're going to go in to Fire for Effect. Got to do a brief section on Kavanaugh since I didn't close the book on that one. But, sweet Jesus. They ended like they started. been told that the truthfulness of Kavanaugh's testimony was not something the FBI could look into, nor his drinking habits. So, as the Washington Post asks, is this a sham investigation? Josh, is this bad for the FBI? You know, I talked to a former colleague last night who told me, she said, look, we know what's coming our way. I mean, this is yet another example of the FBI that's been thrust into the middle of politics, essentially. And we see what happens when law enforcement and politics collide. And George, the FBI investigation of Judge Kavanaugh is under the microscope this morning. A new report claims the agency chose not to interview several people who knew the nominee in high school or college, and these were people who wanted to tell their stories. ABC senior national correspondent Terry Moran is in Washington with more. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Robin. This FBI investigation was fast, it was limited, and several potential witnesses are now claiming it was incomplete. Overnight, potential key witnesses in that FBI investigation are speaking out. They're frustrated after they say they were ignored by agents investigating claims of drunken sexual assault by Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. 
In a statement overnight, attorneys for Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who accuses Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting her in high school, her lawyers saying, we are profoundly disappointed that after the tremendous sacrifice she made in coming forward, those directing the FBI investigation were not interested in seeking the truth. And in a new report by Ronan Farrow of the New Yorker magazine, multiple classmates of Brett Kavanaugh say they worry the investigation is incomplete. Kavanaugh accuser Debbie Ramirez telling the New Yorker she's alarmed by the fact people who were key to corroborating my story have not been contacted, adding, I feel like I'm being silenced. A possible corroborating witness for Ramirez, Kavanaugh's dorm room neighbor, Kenneth Appold. He tells the magazine that he repeatedly offered to tell investigators that he was 100% certain that an eyewitness told him Kavanaugh was the man who exposed himself to Ramirez within one or two days of the alleged incident. The New Yorker says it contacted that eyewitness who did not remember the incident. These concerns shared by Kavanaugh's freshman roommate, James Roach. That if I were looking to understand the facts, then I would look for people who had first-hand information about it, and I'd try and determine what they know and didn't know, and that hasn't happened. Roach says he was stunned to hear his old roommate paint a picture of himself as a moderate drinker with no capacity for disrespecting women in his college days. You're asking about, yeah, blackout. I don't know. Have you? Roach says that testimony drove him to come forward. It surprised me a lot to hear him say that he never blacked out because, um, you know, I would be in the room and he would come down and he was slurring and he was uh, yelling and making loud noises and, you know, uh, yeah, very drunk. It was always going to be a challenge for investigators to find corroboration for allegations that are so old and where some of the key possible witnesses were admittedly drunk. But the speed and the political pressure on the FBI here seems to have left some possible witnesses unheard and perhaps some stones unturned. Troy Reed's with me right now. This I know you're not a traditionalist like I am about <laughs> some of these things, but it is nice to see that they know how to be disciplined. Of course... This Republican leader, uh, Mitch McConnell, knows how to do this. He has corralled his entire caucus, except for um, Murkowski, mm -hmm. who has her home state politics to deal with. And he's got himself a victory here. You know, Chris, as I'm watching this, as we're watching it together, a couple things jumped out at me, one of which was Vice President Mike Pence calling for the restoring of order. And you look at that tableau there. This is order as seen from the point of view of the kind of people who run the Senate right now. The Senate, I was just writing in the demographics, are 78 men, only 21 women, 90 white, 3 black, 4 Hispanic, 3 Asian American. This is um, a country that was founded, to be blunt, on the idea that being a free white landed male gave you super citizenship, that you were more a citizen than anyone else. Mitch McConnell has decided that order means that people like Mitch McConnell, men like him, rule. He believes in rule. Democrats tend to believe in governing. Republicans believe in rule. This is Mitch McConnell's rule. He is restoring order as he and people like him understand it, and they will impose it on the people like those people who are protesting, women who are shrieking out in agony, saying, you cannot impose this on us. You can't send us back to the 50s. But Mitch McConnell says, yes, I can. This is the third Democratic smear, in my opinion, and I don't want to be this way. The, the, the first was Bork, the second one was Clarence Thomas, and now we have this one. Uh, which are you is saying the, that the, the, uh, the allegations against Thomas and, and were, were I think, I think manufactured? I, I, I think... Or, I, I, I believe that I think Justice Thomas had it right when he said this is a high high tech lynching. Doctor Hill was uh, here. And, and, and well, I, uh, I, 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 mean, I well, well I, I I believe that in both these instances, 
Democrats have not had the votes to, to defeat these nominees on the merits and have turned instead to smear campaigns against these people without cooperation, without evidence whatsoever. And I think Senator Collins' position today was the correct one. And that is, at the end of the day, there is, this isn't a job interview, mm -hmm. notions of due process and fairness, and the accused has rights as well. So if you can't cooperate, the witnesses you, that you call in, that you yourself uh, identify can't cooperate or can't produce evidence. There is no instance that someone cannot make something up in America. That's that's an important. I want to hear from okay. both of you okay. on that. Okay. writing our rewriting our jurisprudence. All right, without get, without relitigating Clarence Thomas and everything else. Um, just one point though that Harry Reid was the one who the nuclear right. option Absolutely. to change it from 60, 60 votes to 50. To, to 50. And and this, with with and a 60 vote coming, margin. That's right. Would, yeah. but, this wouldn't have but for lower courts, not back. for the Supreme Court. I know, but he started, he started that. And, that was, and we warned about it then. All right, it's going to come back to bite you guys, but and here it has. Uh, but it, but here's the, the implication here about this whole corroboration mm -hmm. and um, that, that someone can just smear someone and, and, and there's no presumption of innocence. Uh, you cannot sit here and say that you believe that something happened to Dr. Ford and then make the, the allegation that, well, it was a right. smear and that they just came out of nowhere and she was a political pawn used by some political operative, uh, Democratic operative, to take out a good man in Brett Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. You can't have it both ways. This, I, this is cover. It's a cover for people who just think that they, they would rather put the, po the political partisanship of, the, of a Supreme Court nomination ahead of women in this country who have experienced sexual assault, you cannot say that you legitimately believe her, but, it, but, but think she was mixed up and didn't right. know who her accuser was. Plenty of survivors have approached me and said, I may not uh, remember certain details of that day, but I damn sure remember who my, who my attacker was including my own mother, who was a survivor of sexual assault. So that is an insult. She Either you believe her or you don't, and clearly Republicans do not. And the message they have sent now to women is that, well, we believe you sort of, but not if it gets in the way of someone right. ascending to political power. Nina, that became, that became something, and we heard it from Senator Collins, yeah. something of, uh, of a talking point, which is, oh, yes, of course, something happened to her, but, but not Kavanaugh. Jim, also, it, it, this moment set a strong foundation moving forward. I believe that there's promise in the problem, but... Just even going back to the president's rally, it's not just what, Susan, what Senator Collins had to say, but it, it was women and men in that audience in Mississippi who were agreeing with the president. Mm -hmm. See, this is bigger than just the Congress. This is about the United States of America, and we really lose that point. Men and women, women were in that audience with President Trump cheering on his yeah. mocking yeah. of mm -hmm. Dr. Ford. That is a revelation that we do not want to deal with in this country. We don't deal with sexism and the gener generational implications of that and then sexual assault, and we certainly do not deal with mm -hmm. racism and the generational implications. Vice News actually spent a lot of time with the protesters over yes. this past week. We saw the president say these are professional protesters paid by George Soros, et cetera, et cetera. What, 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 who were these people? What was so going on? A lot were normal people who are mad. We, we hung out with a group from Alaska who was very specifically talking to Lisa Murkowski. Um, a lot of them were Native Americans, which also played into Lisa Murkowski's decision. They actually felt a lot of respect for her because she brought them into their office. Um, she had a real conversation with them. And people who were organized. And that moment with Jeff Flake on the Hill, we talked to one woman who works for Ultraviolet, who was paid. She helped steer people in the right ways to be able to, to confront Senator. So there were paid... There were people who were paid by organizations like Violet to, to try to harness that. Brett Kavanaugh, Christine Ford, 
Republicans and Democrats are, of course, not the only players in this historic SCOTUS fight, though. We are. That's right. The media has played a starring role from capturing that elevator confrontation on video for all of us to see to grilling senators and even revealing their own stories of sexual assault in numerous cases. So how do we do? Well, here to give out the media's report card, again, CNN senior media correspondent, host of Reliable Sources, Brian Stelter. Let's start with the obvious question. Was the media biased against Judge Kavanaugh? Uh, some individual journalists were, okay. and there were many, many commentators uh, that were lining up against him. And I think the yeah. weight of that commentary uh, made it seem like uh, there was a big chunk of the media out to get him, out to take down his nomination. Yeah. I don't think editors and bosses in newsrooms were trying to set, uh, tank his nomination, uh, but I do think there were a lot of individual journalists well, who were really disturbed by the allegations. Let me ask you about that, because just to name a few examples, mm -hmm. uh, the Washington Post published an op-ed written by, quote, Kavanaugh's ex-drinking buddies who believe he shouldn't have been confirmed. New York Times published a story about uh, that that includes uh, Kavanaugh being involved in a bar fight 33 years ago during right. which he threw ice on someone. USA Today ran a column alleging Kavanaugh was a child predator. I mean, that seems kind of like an effort. Well, there was also some sloppiness uh, in the case okay. in some of these stories. And that's a difference. Uh, for yeah. example, report, you know, the New York Times admitted they shouldn't have had a, an opinion writer uh, go out and work on a story at Yale. Yeah. You know, there were some admissions about that. Yeah. There, there was some sloppiness as well. Yeah. However, I do think a lot of journalists were trying to figure out what really happened. Uh, yes. Because, heck, the Senate really wasn't, uh, and the FBI really wasn't able to go out and figure out the facts. So that's the media right. did play a key role. Yes. Uh, but I can understand why, to a lot of Americans, it felt like the media was aligned against Kavanaugh. And by the way, yeah. I just want to say Christine Blasey Ford yes. was right. She predicted mm. all of this. Remember, she didn't want to speak out publicly. She, right. she called the Washington Post, but she stayed off the record. She didn't want to be named. And then in August, she said, no, I definitely don't want to tell my story. She said, look, Kavanaugh's going to get confirmed. Uh, she said, quote, why suffer through the annihilation if it's not going to matter? And it didn't. I wonder what she's thinking right now. A lot of gnashing teeth. But I said they were going to question the FBI investigation. And they took their cues directly from the Democrats. Now, I want you to remember, Wiener's a billion emails could happen in two days. That was totally right. But as CNN tars them with 191 rape accusations, this is Blumenthal. He's a Democrat. I expect that. But you heard this same statement out of the media. I've seen the report. I want to reread parts of it. But my very emphatic impression is that this set of interviews is at best most charitably woefully incomplete to put it bluntly it smacks of a whitewash even a cover-up there are so many relevant witnesses who have not been contacted let alone interviewed of the 25 witnesses that i told the fbi and the white house were necessary and my colleagues on the Judiciary Committee on the Democratic side joined me in this letter. Only a fraction have been contacted. They have not interviewed, again, Dr. Blasey Ford or Judge Kavanaugh, among others, but even many of the eyewitnesses who potentially saw what happened to Deborah Ramirez have never been contacted. What do you say to those who, who say, well, uh, Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh had hours and hours of testimony, so... Uh, there's no point in, in re-interviewing them. Dr. Blasey Ford wanted to be interviewed again so that presumably she could respond to some of the claims that Judge Kavanaugh made after 
she testified, but put them aside. The idea that a survivor of sexual assault, Deborah Ramirez, told the FBI in her interview about what happened to her, and we know that from what she said publicly, and then none of the potential eyewitnesses or corroborating witnesses who would substantiate her story, at least some of them, were never contacted, strikes me as really a neglect of the FBI's duty. But the FBI is not responsible. I think that the blame lies with the White House that straightjacketed this investigation. Uh, I am inferring from what several of your colleagues have already said and what we know of the people who were interviewed and who were not interviewed, more importantly, that they did not look into whole issues as to whether or not... Yep, word for word. And then Politico, analysis. So how would impeaching a Supreme Court justice work exactly? Here's what could happen if Democrats that we're hoping for win the House. Other article. After failing to stop Kavanaugh confirmation, Democrats wonder if it's time to be more ruthless. A belief in one's own virtue feels good. Losing a battle that could shape the American political landscape for decades feels bad. The tension between the two left some Democrat grappling anew this weekend with implication. Maybe they really are the wet rag party. Ken Webster sums it up. More ruthless than far-fetched sexual assault relegations. So like what? Mugging people? Oh wait, they're doing that too. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're, they're mugging people in the streets. Then other stuff came out. Witnesses told FBI the Ford allies pressured her to change story. Witness Leland Kayser claims she was pressured by former FBI agent and best friend of Christy Blasey Ford to lie about the party. But that just doesn't surprise me. It's a whole article. It, it, just, it makes total sense. Total sense. And then instead of putting in the hate, I put it here. It's summed up by this tweet, Brandon M. Dilly. Ha, 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 ha. I love this so much. Imagine being married to this lunatic, or if it was your mother. God bless the families of those afflicted with liberalism. We may one day find a cure. This is her tweet. Nancy Lee Gran just pulled my car over and screamed gutturally for a good two minutes, and then cried for ten more. A Latino woman driving by stopped and asked me to open my door and then hugged me. She said, I know. I would like to extend the same to you here. I know. Those are words. This is what it sounded like.
Civilized society doesn't act this way. Pounding on doors. They got arrested. It's been proven Soros back activists slipped cash to the protesters before they're arrested. There's all sorts of shit proving all that crap happened because it's all astroturf, as we used to call it. Then we have this stuff. Never let Collins have a moment of peace in public again. The irony that founders have spread the vote that wants to end voter suppression is calling for harassment and intimidation of Susan Collins. Stalking and bullying people will not change their minds, but rather make their own stance look less reasonable. That's what they actually are doing. They're threatening her. And of course, the media doesn't cover it. It's buried in a 60 Minutes interview which we'll cover in a second but this is some stuff from the guardian from grant party writer for vice and guardian dog owners don't waste those bags of your dog poop box and send it to susan collins with her address every little bit of help feed a spineless senator that that's a reporter but before i play well let me play collins this is her own words on 60 minutes Mr. President, we've heard a lot of charges and countercharges about Judge Kavanaugh. But as those who have known him best have attested, he has been an exemplary public servant, judge, teacher, coach, husband, and father. Despite the turbulent, bitter fights surrounding his nomination, my fervent hope is that Brett Kavanaugh will work to lessen the divisions in the Supreme Court so that we have far fewer 5-4 decisions and so that public confidence in our judiciary and our highest court is restored. Mr. President, I will vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. Thank you, Mr. President. Ms. Collins. Senator, you came to this interview on Capitol Hill with a security detail. What has all this been like for you? Well, it's been very difficult. I've had the honor of serving in the Senate for nearly 22 years, and this is as ugly a situation as I've ever seen during that time. I have had to have security because of threats against me and family members and staffers. And fucking horrible. But even gets worse. Colorado Senator Cory Gardner's wife received a text message that contained a video of a beheading in the aftermath of her husband's vote to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. On Fox News Sunday, he said, 
He talked about it. They're the only network that covered it. I mean, Kavanaugh, fear of threat to miss members, Senator Cory Garden tells Fox and his wife received a text with a video touch with showing a gruesome beheading. Someone has also released the names and addresses of his family members. In addition, the addresses and phone numbers of his family members were also made publicly. In the wake of his vote to confirm Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh on Saturday, Republican Senator Cory Gardner revealed to Fox News on Sunday that his wife has received a graphic text message with a video depicting a beheading and that someone has publicly posted his family name. Threats have gone to everybody. They even are saying... In the in the aftermath, Invisible Network, a little, uh, it's actually a five hundred one c nonprofit to resist Trump, or how the fuck they got that? I once again remember, Obama stopped people from being five hundred one c's because they didn't want to lose an election. Now we have people like this. Watch her facial expression. Is just us, or does she look scared? So Kavanaugh's wife's a beaten wife. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's fucking fantastic. Jerry Noinger from a conservative has been disgusted by the Trumpian GOP. I didn't think I could drag myself to the polls, but after the left left's performance on Kavanaugh affair, I would crawl across broken glass to vote against them. That sentiment and the style of the day will cover it is starting to come true. People are done with this stuff. Beheadings. And as we go to our hate tweets, this is an actual dem candidate talking about illegal votes. Remember, this is how Democrats win elections. Stacey Abrams, who's a Democratic gubernatorial candidate in Georgia. This is why I said it's important that the president's not just going to these individual states like Kentucky, but there she is. She's the Democratic nominee for governor in Georgia. Uh, Remember, Eric Holder was there and made that comment a few days ago in Georgia about, you know, they go, we kick them. So what does she say about the so-called blue wave? Well, it sounds like she thinks, at least, blue wave is going to include illegal immigrants voting. Watch. The thing of it is, the blue wave is African-American. It's white. It's it's Asian Pacific Islander. It is made up of those who've been told that they are not worthy of being here. It is comprised of those who are documented and undocumented. Well, if you're undocumented, you're not supposed to be able to vote, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that little. But so wait, what is it? Upside down world, right? Well, we are. Is it an illegal blue wave? Then what should we what should we label it? Illegal blue wave, maybe an alien blue wave. If you've got criminals coming across, is it an MS-13 blue wave? What what is it? No, really, it's it's abs- the absurdity of the moment is worth articulating. And I, I, I do we want to live in a sanctuary country mm-hmm. where our laws don't matter, where our borders don't matter, where voter rolls don't matter? There's been a lot of talk about voter rolls. Who's being, who's on them? Who isn't? Yeah. Are we checking them? Are we not? If legally you don't get to vote, and the that actually should yeah. matter in this country. Right. Yeah, and the maybe- president's critics say he's exaggerating the problem, and here is the person who might be. Tweet of the day. I Wolf. I listen. I don't. There. I have no animosity for um, Kanye West. I'm just going to be honest, and I may get in a lot of trouble for it. I feel actually feel bad for him. What I saw was a minstrel show today. Him in front of all of these white people, mostly white people, embarrassing himself. 
and embarrassing Americans, but mostly African Americans, because every, every one of them is sitting either at home or with their phones watching this cringing. I couldn't even watch it. I had to turn the television off because it was so hard to watch. Him sitting there being used by the President of the United States, the President of the United States exploiting him, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, exploiting someone who needs help, who needs to back away from the cameras, who needs to get off stage, who needs to deal with his issues. And if anyone around him cares about him, the family that he mentioned today, or whomever, his managers, maybe some other people who are in the music business who know him, they need to grab him and snatch him up and get Kanye together because Kanye needs help. And this has nothing to do with being liberal or conservative. This is to do with honesty. And we have to stop pretending, sitting here on these CNN panels or on whatever network panels, and pretending like this is normal. And let's have this conversation about Kanye West and what he said. Who cares? Why are you sending cameras to the Oval Office for Kanye West? Did you send cameras to the Oval Office and carry it live when Common visited the White House? Common visited the White House and did a beautiful um, poem, spoken word. It talked about how black people are kings and queens, how we need to rise up and do better. He didn't disparage anybody. He didn't speak in non sequiturs. He didn't do anything awful. And you know, the only people who criticized him and the only people who really covered it were Sean Hannity and his band of hypocrites who are now, uh, who, who are now applauding Kanye West, the same people that many uh, in that group called the N-word because of Taylor Swift and because of George Bush. And now all of a sudden, he is the person who represents the African-American community. He doesn't. We need to take the cameras away from Kanye and from a lot of this craziness that happens in the White House because it is not normal. And we need to stop sitting here pretending that it's normal. This was an embarrassment. Kanye's mother is rolling over in her grave. I spoke to one of her friends today or texted with one of her friends today from Chicago, Donda's friends. I used to live there. I know him. She said Donda would be would would be embarrassed by this. She would be terribly disturbed by this. And Kanye has not been the same since his mother died. He kept talking today about, oh, uh, I put the hat on and the hat made me feel strong and wearing a cape. He needs a father figure. He needs someone to help him and to guide him. And he needs a hug more than anything. Kanye, back away from the cameras. Go get some help and then come back and make your case. Nobody, if you want to be conservative, if you want to support Donald Trump, that is your business. But as you're doing it, have some sense with it. Make sense. Educate yourself. You know, you know Don, we just played a one-minute clip of that, uh, of that exchange but it really went on for more than half an hour if you watch the Talking whole thing. Talking about hydrogen, the last time we really talked about hydrogen, seriously, oh, the, you remember that? The Hindenburg. So, Kanye, come on, man. Like, stop embarrassing yourself. And it's not even that. We're doing it because everyone wants to watch him. We're watching someone's demise in front of our eyes. Wow. Okay, I'm doing this for everybody who's watching us who turned their volume down. 
can you can put it back up again. That but was if you think you're bonkers. going to get uh, uh, a thoughtful play-by-play -play and political analysis, you're not, because that was an assault on our White House. We're not. We're not. Uh, uh, we're, we're, you can't analyze some of that stuff that was said. Um, as we warned you at the top, uh, there was a little bit of profanity. We there was actually more than you heard. We we were able to bleep some of it out, uh, but there was uh, some of it did make it in there. Um, that was crazy. That's that was crazy. bonkers. I mean, the things that, that uh, Kanye said... Uh, Can I go with my favorite? Yeah. How he talked about... He had a lack of male role models uh, right. in his life growing up. Not and a lot reason, of male energy in his the house. The reason he, he was drawn to MAGA was because of the male... When, when he put that cap on, he felt like a guy who could play catch with his his his. Because uh, he didn't have that opportunity, which was stunning, you know. And he also said, you know, a lot of African Americans out there, they don't like the again, they don't like make America great again. And the reason being, if you are anything but a white male, historically life wasn't better for you than it is in the current moment. It's stunning, Ali, that that just take, took place. And even that the president would say, this was just supposed to be a lunch. That's an outright lie. I spoke mm. to the White House myself several days ago, and I had said to them, I'm like, guys, do you know how unpredictable Kanye is? And they said, guess what? So are we. This was absolutely a press yeah, opportunity. I think that went down the way you would think, actually, a meeting between the president and Kanye West. Jim Brown was there, by the way. Kanye West said, uh, blacks really like get caught up in the idea of racism over the idea of industry. His comment to uh, fight police brutality is to release the love. Uh, and he said, said there should be in Chicago Yeezy Ideation Centers. That's going to be. Yeezy, uh, uh, which is uh, the namesake of his uh, Adidas sneakers. He said that the MAGA sentiment is what gave him the balls uh, to go for. All right, so Kanye West meeting with uh, President Trump in the Oval Office today, and the whole thing was just plain embarrassing. Kanye casually dropping an F-bomb and going off on a 10-minute rant, all live on national television. Here's some of it. All we really have is today. We just have today. Over and over and over again, the eternal return, the hero's journey. And Trump is on his hero's journey right now. I don't answer questions in simple sound bites. You, you are tasting a fine wine. It has multiple <laughs> notes to it. Would you build a trap door that if you mess up and you accidentally something happens, you fall and you end up next to the Unabomber? It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman. That was, that's my favorite superhero. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? Oh, that don't stop me. That's an invisible wall. Yeah, that was the Oval Office. And here to discuss now is Charles Blow and Steve Cortez. Gentlemen, good evening to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Charles. Good evening. Hundreds of thousands of people along the Gulf Coast suffering. President Trump and Kanye. That was a spectacle. What is your honest take on this? Stunts and shows. Stunts and shows. <laughs> like pulling stunts and putting down shows. See, in Paris, Burning, they called it a stunt queen. This made me a stunt king. These are both guys who like that thing, right? And, and on a very serious note, what Donald Trump keeps showing us over and over and over again is that he cares not one iota about the issues surrounding black people. Because if he cared, all of his interactions would not be with these kind of unstable, eccentric characters. They would be with people who actually understand those policies, people who sometimes disagree with him. And he would invite the, the, the press in like he invite like every one of these situations, he invites the press in. When he had the, those pastors right. that we don't know where the churches are, all those pastors around the table, 
the invite the press in, right? Kanye, nobody had to come into that meeting. The president had to come in there. He controls access to the Oval Office. Right. Come on, we want to see Kanye yeah. do Kanye. Yeah. Well, uh, Steve, I got to ask you because under I just honestly under what circumstances did anyone at the White House think that this meeting was a good idea to, on today of all days? Yeah, you know, Don. Uh, you said that this meeting was embarrassing. I think, quite frankly, what's embarrassing is the condescension that you've shown to Kanye West, someone who I think is a brave and independent thinker, a, a creative genius. Uh, does he speak in a different vernacular? Of course he does. Like a lot of artists, uh, it's a vernacular I don't necessarily always understand, but I do understand that he's a great thinker. Uh, and for you uh, and a lot of your guests to dismiss him as a, quote, token Negro and to question his mental stability when you're not doctors, when you haven't examined him, I think is really unfortunate. And it's, it's an example, unfortunately, that is all too common on the left, which is liberals, when a minority doesn't toe the party line. By the way, the person who said that comment that you said the token Negro thing person. is a conservative. But go on. Well, not in my mind. She's not a conservative. But let me also tell you this, more to the point, which I think is really what's and that important was, here. And call him a to token Charles's Negro. About, she says, all of a sudden, now he is the token Negro for the, for the Trump administration. Right. Talking yeah. about him. Right. Yeah. Um, now, uh, to Charles's point about does this president care about minorities, let me tell you my personal experience with him in that very same Oval Office, without cameras present. Uh, all he wanted to know about for me is... What can I do for the Hispanic community? What can we do for growth in your community? I said, well, one thing you can do right now, let's send a tweet. And then let's talk about more long-term things that we can do about the community. So he absolutely cares whether the camera's on or off. Uh, but Kanye West is a person who speaks from the heart. You call it a rant. You always say this in your Chiron. You editorialize. Uh, it's not a rant to me. And as a matter of fact, it was inspirational. I don't find him unstable. I find him creative. Uh, I find him inspiring. And in that room, you had three people, an amazing artist, an amazing athlete, and an amazing builder, all saying, what can we do in the political process to make the prosperity and security of America broader? Uh, into mm. minority communities. That's right. a great Please thing finish. for this country. Jim Brown, Kanye Please West, finish. Donald Trump are visionaries. They are great men trying to help this country. I just don't. I don't have. I just don't have the energy tonight because there's so much in there just, to come on. You, but, let, but let me just, just put out a little bit. There of is so much because that's how let much this story is doing for my about how that is nothing. This, right? I'm not even going to go. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. So you remember when Barack Obama was quoting Jay Z and Michelle Obama said that she, if she wanted to be like somebody, she wanted to be like Beyonce. They searched through every lyric they had and talked to tell us how these were not geniuses, these were not mm. honorable people, these were horrible people. Yeah. Rappers have rapper lyrics. Kanye has rapper lyrics. Can I read now, now all of a sudden, he is the paragon yeah. of Margaret Virtue, and he's a genius. Yeah. I'm not saying we should be, be downing any rapper. I'm just saying these conservatives do this thing, yeah. right? If, if, if liberals like him, if President Obama likes him, that is the, the spawn of Satan. When Common performed at the White House, they literally went through every one of Common's songs to find lyrics that they found offensive and said, this is why Obama should not have this Charles, man at the White House. That's not and fair And now me. all of a sudden, I'll, we I'll come in like, why. oh, he's a genius. Let, Hang on, let, let me tell you something. Please, no, Kanye hasn't had a genius time. record since graduation in 2007. <laughs> and you can check me on that. I like Kanye. You put out good music. Make your music, brother. And also, don't say that we are saying that Kanye has a mental problem. Kanye is constantly telling us that Kanye has a mental problem. 
Therefore, I don't even talk about Kanye. So, it wasn't Kanye's problem that he was in the Oval Office. No, it you said it was an unstable rant. And it was not, in my view at all. Well, you you weren't watching television. You weren't watching television because, and I don't understand. I don't understand how is how is watching someone with sense, with eyes, and with ears, and talking about the the mental issues that they are confirming and addressing themselves. How is that? People have been saying that it's disparaging. How is that disparaging? How can you take the stigma off of mental health and mental issues if you pretend that you can't talk about it or that they don't exist when he's telling you, I have them and I'm not taking my medication? No, you, you didn't say that he has had issues. He certainly has, has addressed that he as has well. Them he now. Has. You he said, has. You said today, you said, you said earlier today that this was a minstrel show. I mean, could you possibly be any more condescending to this man? No, I'm just I mean, telling to, the truth. By the way, I'm not being to condescending to this man. It's not, incredibly it's not, I'm not being condescending to him. I'm telling the truth. And if you oh, ask yes, you African Americans <laughs> around the country, they will tell you the exact same thing. That's what it looked like today. Sadly, and I'm saying this, you know, not out again, of animus, hold on, no, not out of animus for Kanye West, but because I feel sorry for him, and I think he needs to take care of himself, and I think well, the he people around him are giving him the wrong um, advice no. by allowing this, him to go out and do this. Look, this, these are the kind of tactics that you and the resistance, you you and your anti-Trump folks, like to employ I can't, when can minority that? I'm, I'm dares sorry, I what you said. to break... No, 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 not you, Maria, I, I mean, you, can you, you tell and you, Steve... Go ahead, Steve. You and your friends and your and your allies in the resistance. These are the kind of tactics. I'm not like in the resistance. Don't, don't, when a minority. Please, Steve, don't well, cover that. I'm not part of the resistance. It's just because the truth is not on your Donald side. You called Donald Trump a racist every night on your program. I didn't call him. You're not. Did part you of watch the tonight? Did I call him on tonight? I'm not sure if you have yet, but okay. it's just then, about then, every night. Then, then, then don't, well, then don't, don't, don't make up things. You're making up things again. And if I call them that, okay, I do that it out of evidence. Just about every night. How about that? Okay, no, I do it a lot. No, I you do don't it when it is warranted. And look, when we minorities dare to think for ourselves, and when we dare to leave liberal orthodoxy, what happens? We are immediately vilified. We're called an Uncle, uncle Steve, Tom. Steve, speak for yourself. Uh, oh, Steve, speak cases. for yourself. I've, I've, I've been called that before. I'm no buy into that. I don't think it's the <laughs> despair. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if you call me those words, because I think about the person who is saying it. So if, if Kanye West wants to be a conservative, that's his business. If Kanye West wants to support Donald Trump, that's his business. But have some sense about it. Don't go in the Oval Office and embarrass yourself by, by speaking non sequiturs and about things that you have no idea about. Talking about hydrogen aviation. You know the last time we talked about hydrogen aviation? It was a Hindenburg. And let me see what happened with that. So it's right, just, that, I, so it's, that, it, he it doesn't makes, speak in a, in a scripted lawyerly manner. I'll be the okay. first to say that. He doesn't speak in a political <laughs> manner. He speaks in a vernacular. As, as I said, that's not a vernacular. vernacular that I don't always that is get. not a vernacular. But all creatives are like that. You know, that. If, you all great it, if you don't get it, different. how do you know it's a vernacular? No, I said I don't get all of it. I get a lot of it, and okay. I get the most important points, by the way. When he said that the MAGA hat was a Superman cape, I sure got that. Because you know what Trump has done, I think, hug. more than anything for this country, is put confidence back into America. That's not just my opinion. Small business surveys, consumer confidence. This country is soaring with optimism. You'll never know well, it in your New York why you ever say that? People won't know it in why the bubble you act like, of the Washington you act like, Beltway. But this country like, is soaring with optimism you act and confidence like the people again. On this television are only in studios in Washington uh, and New York. 
Yeah, I've lived in four red well, states. Well, there's a lot. There's I way too much. I grew up in a that. red state. I visit red states almost every week, and my family lives in a red state. I was in a red state last week. I know what red state people are talking about. I'm not stupid when it comes to that. I sit on here every night and I interview people from red states. So, you, speaking of condescension, you've come on. You, you're condescending. You tell me what you think. I think what you have no idea about. No. And then you, you have no. You and tell us you, every and night what you watch, think. And then you watch something on television that is deeply disturbing, and you try to pretend it's not happening because you it, want to capitalize on it. It wasn't disturbing to me at all. What did you say back in the day when Common went to the White House? What did you say back in the day when he said George Bush didn't care about white people? What did you say back in the day when people were calling him the N-word for interrupting Taylor Swift? Did you come to Kanye West's defense? I don't think so. I, look, I had nothing. I had nothing to say about any of that. And by the way, I'm not saying Kanye is infallible. I mean, he's he's not the Lord God. He doesn't walk on water. I'm saying when I watched his speech today, though, I found it inspirational, and I you saw. You find MF? I mean, that's not that's not even true. You find MF? Black man? Did you find? No, I think it makes sense. Having a conversation. Did you find saying MF in the in the White House inspirational? No, I don't find okay. that So you called him a genius. I do find so you said he's a genius. Let me, I'll give you that. Let me give you, let me give you this. Let me give you this. You said he's a he's a genius, right? Did you say this? So I wonder if you agree with this. Yes, uh, he's okay. a, a creative okay. genius. Okay, so he said, uh, I say F the police. That's how I treat them. We buy our way out of jail. We can, but we can't buy freedom. And then there's another one that said, uh, I don't give a F. I don't give a F. But cops choking in words, out of the media, we finna have a protest and tear the city up. We about to tear this whole place up, pretty much. Not, you think, you think I'm gonna that's defend a, those you think kind of that's genius? Of course not. Okay, so, but no. you're, that's what no. you're defending. I mean, no, I can defend it's every okay. word he ever uttered. Of okay. course not. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I did watch all of, it was roughly, I think, 20 minutes today, mm -hmm. and I found it inspirational, and I found it, uh, actually, to, to me at least, uh, very reminiscent of the very conversations I was having with the president. Now, I didn't throw around F-bombs, uh, but I'm also not a creative genius. I, uh, I spoke in a much more political manner, in a more business-like so manner with the president. But about when, the very same Kanye things, about onshoring to this country, that you don't about what's happening in my hometown of Chicago with, and Kanye's hometown. When Kanye says something that you don't understand or agree with, it's because he is a genius. But if I say something that you don't understand or agree with, then I am condescending. No, I understand and everything. Oh, you're okay. But can we also right. just add that that is specific? That the, this kind of police language was specifically what they attacked Common for. It, it, that's it, that's, it that's why I read it. That's why I read it. Exact same thing that they attacked Common for. So just go ahead. And the meeting was supposed to but, be about. But go on. Here's, here's the thing, too. I, I think it's unfair to attack me saying that I'm being uh, two faced on this because I'm, I'm not, not attacking example, you. I'm just I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm, show, I'm not attacking you. I'm responding on. to what you said <laughs> when, about me. That's uh, not an attack. Okay. When. Okay, well, how about this, though? When the president uh, attacked LeBron James and called him dumb, or essentially called him dumb, I don't know if he used that word, but basically did describe him as dumb, uh, I came in your show and, saw, and said, I thought that was a mistake. I thought that was really unfortunate. He's clearly not dumb. I think he's a genius, too, in his own way, in business and athletics, uh, maybe in education, certainly a great heart uh, in education. So I thought that was wrong. It's interesting to me, though, that the very folks who immediately jumped on the president's case for saying that against LeBron, which he should have never said, again, in my opinion, uh, those very very same folks then are are so quick to jump on Kanye and call him dumb. And if, again, if they don't use that exact phrase, they are describing him that way. And you laugh at it on your show when it happened. When they said he's anti-intellectual. When they said he doesn't have the depth to discuss these issues. Are you kidding me? He doesn't have the depth. This man is is a mogul. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about LeBron or Kanye? I lost you.
Are you talking about Kanye? No, now I'm talking about Kanye. Okay, All let me tell you this. Both if of you them. Should, if you're but talking I'm about saying, that, let's be fair. When you're talking here. about anti intellectualism, go read and do a Google search. Kanye has said himself that he does not read. Okay? And that's what people, when people say Kanye should read, that, they're talking about anti-intellectualism. Right. He has admitted that he doesn't like to read, the same as this president has admitted that he doesn't read as well. So if he's not going to read, and he's not going to be up on the issues, then All perhaps right. he should stand back before coming so, out and so, speaking with some authority. There's a, lot, there's a lot of kind of smarts out there, and it's not all scholarly smarts, and it's not all right. academic. Yeah. Uh, and this president, by the way, if we want to talk about him, uh, I wish I were as dumb as this president to have an Ivy League degree and be a self-made billionaire and be president of the United you States. Had, I, I, wish I, that dumb. You, I wish I could be... I wish I could lack If you had $432 million to start with, you may be that as well. I gotta go. Thank you. We'll be right back. Unbelievable that somebody would actually say that who's running for office, but that's pretty much what Democrats do. And then that was my Kanye stuff. I had to get Kanye in. They're still bashing that poor guy. He went to the White House. I'm not going to cover it, but I just listen to the... You do not change teams. No, you're black. You have to be a Democrat. Our hate tweets are going to be the top 10 meltdowns over Kavanaugh's. We can close the Kavanaugh shit out, and some of these are pretty funny. We will remember this in November. Rob Reiner, Al Franken's bestie, Chelsea Handler. Another gross day in history of our country, but the midterms are coming. We are stronger than this bullshit. We can fight and fight, and we may not see the results right away, but we will see them. Our daughters will see them. Don't get on fight. Blumenthal had one. I'm not going to talk about it. Conservative bloggers, number seven. Each time Kavanaugh votes as McConnell wants, Collins looks foolish every time. Eric Garland brings back Russia, which... Isn't it funny we don't hear about Russia? You want to talk about Senator Susan Collins' vote on Kavanaugh? Let's talk about her husband's lobbyist, Thomas Daffron, and a whole bunch of Russia connections. Sexual assault is a rite of passage. Is our number five, Shannon Coulter. I think a lot of people, women and men, who want to went to bat for Kavanaugh are pretty overly defending the right of white men to commit sexual assault with impunity in the U.S., regarding, regarded by many as a rite of passage. Nancy Graham was our number four. We already read it about pulling over and crying. Gender traitors makes our number three. I am howling. I am seething with rage. I alternate between sobs and visceral screams. Women who support Trump and Kavanaugh are gender traitors. Men who do so are accomplices to sexual assault. And the deaths of women who will die of Roe v. Wade is overturned. Katie McCaffrey. Abijah Ekachu. Just like the second act of a horror film with a virus leftism, which turns humans into vicious, violent creatures, has ravaged the city. A few sane people take refuge in a building while the infected are trying to force open the doors. And she tweeted the protesters. That's pretty much good. And lastly, all Maisie all the time, Senator Maisie Haranu. I can't believe she's actually a senator. Today I'm left with anger and determination, just like millions of people across the country. I will take our taster's advice and come commend it to the women of America, the men who understand our stories. I will stay mad and let the anger propel us to change. Anger! Yeah. Then some honorable mentions. You are finished, GOP. You polished the final nail of your own coffin. Fuck you all to hell! Wow. I hope the last image burned into your slimy, evil, traitorous Retinas are millions of women laughing and clapping and celebrating as your soul descends into flames. David Hogue. 
This guy works for Google. I'm literally shaking right now. They elected a rapist. I'm going to need funds for therapy now. As a Muslim woman of color, spelled C-O-L-O-U-R, I am no longer feel safe in the West. Anything helps. Here's my donation page. Naja al-Rashid. Bye. Starling Klein. Listen to the women trying to stop the final vote. They sound like centuries of female anguish. Bijan tweets this one. Fuck everyone who voted for Trump or Kavanaugh. You don't understand what it's like to care about anyone other than yourselves. The amount of hate in this country is absurd. I literally can't control my emotions because I'm so fucking done with this shit. With spread love. That's her hashtag. It's a lot of love there. Clementine Ford, I'm a pretty tough person, but I just had a little unexpected weep listening to coverage of Kavanaugh confirmation. We have seen once again how very little women in our bodies matter when it comes to white men affirming their own power. A heartbreaking, rape-making insight. Really? And then this person. Do slap. There's all slaps between the words, so I'm just going to pause and it's a slap. Not fuck men who spark Kavanaugh do. Not fuck men who spark Kavanaugh do. They repeat it. Okay. Planned Parenthood went right after Collins. This isn't just another vote. Susan Collins made it clear that she no longer calls herself a woman's right champion. She sided with those who disbelieve, disrespect, and even mock survivors. We deserve better. Women won't forget. General Hospital star Lee Grand. You may have female parts, but you are no woman, said in Collins. And we who are don't want anything to do with you. New York Times rolled out a whole op-ed. White women are the problem. We're not really women. Yeah. But our tweet of the day comes from Bill Mitchell, so we can get out of this, and Orrin Hatch. I tried to find another one. Some senator's walking along and they have their daughter, these fucking protesters, say something to him. And he says, I'm really sorry that your parents are using you as a pawn, which I thought was really good. But Orrin Hatch, oh, he just disses these motherfuckers, which is fucking fantastic. So that's what will play out. Um, But Bill Mitchell, I am frightened by a party whose number one priority and nothing else is even close is the right to murder babies. It's demonic. And it sums up this. This has nothing to do with Blazy Ford sexual assault. They just don't want the right to kill babies to be repealed. They want to keep on killing babies. And that's just amazing. When you really break it down, it's like, whoa, that is what it's about. They just want to kill babies. So, tweet of the day, Orrin Hatch, dissed protesters, and we roll right into hypocrisy. Why aren't you Why aren't you brave enough to talk to us and with us? Don't you wave your hand at me? I wave my hand at you. When I grow up, you how dare you talk to women that way? How dare you? That first time,
Hypocrisy! Max, how did uh, how did do you think Sinner had to handle that? Well, probably not very well, which probably just reinforces you know stereotypes about uh, clueless, old, out of touch white guys. But I have to say that overall, I mean, I think just the level of vituperation and and partisan anger over this issue is is very disquieting to me because I see it on both sides. I, I see really a rejection of reason on both sides, and, 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 and it's very hard to find any kind of center here. You know, you look at Democrats, for example, they were all pretty much prepared to reject Kavanaugh no matter what. Even if he was a complete choir boy, eminently qualified, they didn't care. They were going to reject him no matter what. Republicans, on the other hand, they don't care if all these charges are true. Even if they're all true, they're still going to push for him because he's going to advance the Republican agenda. And, of course, you see these emotions boiling over. And it's not helped by the fact that the Judiciary Committee you know, did not do a serious investigation. It was a faux investigation. The FBI only talked to nine potential witnesses out of dozens that were out there. Yeah. And so... There's a sense that this process was rigged, and that just feeds into that partisan anger, which I think is very debilitating for our country. I'm actually surprised that these, I, that these guys are, Steve, hold on. I'm actually surprised that these guys are surprised or upset that people are getting into their faces, because isn't this one of our founding rights here to protest and to be heard? Yes, Steve? it is. Yes, yeah, I, I certainly think it is, and I think uh, Senator Hatch comes across, uh, he's got one foot out the door, he's retiring, and I think he came across a bit grumpy there, to be uh, quite honest. But I, I wanted to ask Max, because I've heard this point endlessly uh, from liberals when they're criticizing uh, people like Senator Hatch, they keep mentioning that the senators on the committee are white. I, what does the racial component have to do with this? As far as I can tell, everyone involved in this entire saga, both <laughs> the accusers and the accused, are white people. Yeah, leave it to CNN to take what I would call tweet of the day and make it terrible. And what does race have to do with it? Basically nothing. Nothing. So, into our hypocrisy, six Democrat scandals you don't know about, Beto O'Rourke, he lied about his DUI arrest, and they don't care because they want him to get going. Robert Menendez accepting gifts. He was admonished and he got over by a liberal judge. They didn't even cover it. I mean, it was zero fucking seconds. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee arrested for doxing. Big three, zero. Zero. Her aide, zero. Uh, nominee Jared Polis pushes female employee. Democratic candidate for Colorado Governor Jared Polis was accused of pushing a former employee, and they got zero. Keith Ellison uh, has been a whole 50 seconds. 50 seconds on NBC. I'm sorry. 227 seconds on CBS, but they were defending him. So the, that that's how bad it is every election season. They're going to cover it up. Then our big thing this week, and I'm not playing a soundbite. It, it's just fucking unbelievable. Trump was at a rally, and he's talking about how awesome a general Robert E. Lee was, which he, he is considered the greatest general America's ever put out, regardless north or south. And he was using it to say how fantastic Grant was because he beat him. 
But the media was so, we got to get something else. We got to get something else. We got Russia just not working and Kavanaugh didn't work and economy's going up, but we got the midterms. And this was NBC News. President Trump says Robert E. Lee was a great general during Ohio rally, calling the Confederate leader incredible. A little while later, correction, earlier tweet misidentified the general President Trump described as incredible at a rally in Ohio. It was Ulysses S. Grant, not Lee. An attached video clip lacked the full context of Trump's remark. Here's the full clip. So they basically ran it just to bash him. But it wasn't just them. The Hill, Robert E. Lee, the Senate, disavows Trump's praise. <laughs> they bring somebody on. WAPO, headline about Trump, Robert E. e. Lee comment is peak 2018. Washington Post, Trump calls on blacks to honor him with votes and then praises Confederate General Robert E. Lee. Soledad Brian tweeting on this, the racism in the GOP runs deep. My favorite tweet from this, democracy dies in partisan journalism. This headline is appalling. Not only is it unfair and a bad faith, it completely misrepresents what he said. Gotcha journalism at its worst. They just, they had to go with anything. They had to. People to Soledad. Really? I'm not usually one to defend Trump, but he was talking about Lee's undisputed brilliance as a general as a setup for the scale of Grant's accomplishment in defeating him. The lack of basic historical knowledge displayed here would be shocking if it were not in keeping with the prior statements. Robert E. Lee was a brilliant general. It's simply a fact. It's not racist to say that. It's proof of that someone knows nothing in history to say otherwise. Soledad O'Brien proves she's just a political hack as well as historically uninformed. Trump's quote was taken out of context. He called Lee a great general in context of praising General Grant to amplify Grant's achievement of defeating Lee. No wonder nobody trusts the MSM. That was the thing. And then the other thing, as I alluded to, oh, the left doesn't like us calling them mobs. The way we implement change, the way we implement change in America is through elections. We change governments here at home in an orderly and formal way. And in that orderly and formal way, and lawful way, we need to overthrow the government of the United States under Donald Trump. There is a small cadre of people currently in power who are hell-bent on continuing a malicious immigration policy that has set this country up for charges of human rights violations by the global community. This cadre has looted money from the federal treasury and deposited it directly into the bank accounts of their most ardent political supporters so that they and several generations of their descendants will have the resources to maintain the GOP in political power for as long as possible. They view and treat women as human beings that are not entitled to the same constitutional protections that men are. They are sons. They, are, they themselves are sons, husbands, fathers, and yet when the time arrived in the thick of the Me Too movement to set politics aside and establish that women's rights were more important than political expediency, they failed. And it was ugly. You know, Rich, Donna talks about fueling the resistance. The president's now calling that mob rule. Is that an effective closing argument? 
I, th I think it's an effective and true argument. I mean, these were mobs roaming the Capitol, uh, chasing Ted and Heidi Cruz out of a restaurant, and it's really served the whole Kavanaugh controversy to gin up the Republican base and enthusiasm that was lacking there. You know, George, resistance is not about mobs. It's about people who do not want their health care taken away. It's about women who want to be heard and listened to when they feel that it is time to talk about their trauma, sexual assault. It is not about mobs. It's about, well, it's, 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 it's about, it's about individuals Donna. who want to, you Donna, know, you, Donna, lobby you were, their government. If you were running it, maybe that's what it would be about. But when we listen to what the Democrats who are coming on TV are talking about is, they're talking about impeaching Brett Kavanaugh, they're talking about impeaching Donald Trump, uh, and the resistance is taking the feel, I agree with Rich, of a mob. Um, I believe. Can, can I just stop you there for a second? I mean, yes, this has been an energized Democratic resistance, and you know, going into Ted Cruz in a restaurant makes no sense at all. That. But that's something coming from every single Trump rally. You have people saying, "Lock her up," even including yeah. Diane Feinstein. I said the left there, didn't I? I meant the media. Oh, what's the fucking difference? Brooke Baldwin was so bad. I'm gonna play two sound bites back to back for her, and it just fucking sums up the media she went on colbert and talked about how horrible is it for them calling mob and then we'll play a soundbite where she literally allowed a clinton guy to come on and just use talking points and just get away with it it was no big deal you got in a little trouble uh with the twitter recently because you said one of your guests uh, called Democratic protesters mob. Right. A mob. I'm not going to use the M word around here. I did. You got did. a lot of uh, flack for that. What, right. what happened? So uh, we had Matt Lewis on, who I love having on uh, from the Daily Beast, and he brought up the word mob. And, and at the time, the mob, the mob word had been this talking point from Republicans from all up and down Capitol Hill in the wake of what had happened with, with Dr. Ford and Justice Kavanaugh. And so when he brought the mob word up again I, I call him I called him out and listen like I don't want to be the word police and that was not my intention but I also believe in calling out talking points and to hear him bring that up I had to I had to say something and honestly at the end of the day like I'm sure you ch check your Twitter too it she made a determination with her doctor that she would power through this. She made a decision to just power through this. We've decided to power through sometimes, just power through this. Continue to, to power through. Yes, she tried to power through it. She decided to power through it. Well, you know, Brooke, she just wanted to power through. She just wanted to power through her schedule. So she wanted to just power through and keep doing it. I As appreciate you know, all senator. of her desire to, to power through. To power through and get things done. She tried to power through it. It was Hillary Clinton's decision essentially to power through or the candidate who famously wants to power through these things she's going to try and power through we say when you get a cold just power through power through they thought she could power through they thought she could power through it they thought uh, that she could power through it wants to power through things that to the, the powering through battle. governor uh, jennifer granholm said women just power through these things and i get it i try to power through all my right. illnesses because hillary clinton had a very busy day on friday and she powered through that day yet she powered through powering through illness is what women do every day. She continued powering through. Uh, I think about mothers uh, powering through. I mean, she powered through that week. I'm going to power through. That was that was that was her way. Every day, Brooke Baldwin uses talking points, and her whole beef with this is that it's a talking point. Every day, you do. But Laura Ingram will close this out with a great montage of how the media 
is just upset because it's gotten out that their side is pretty fucking violent. They didn't want that to get out. Only the media can tell you, the American people, when a mob is or isn't an actual mob. I will answer your question that you asked her. Is it mob behavior? No, it's not mob behavior. Thank you. It's people who are no, upset and they're angry not. with the way the, the way the country is going. It is Thursday, the 6th of August, and here are the top stories right here in the CNN newsroom. Democracy at work, or is it mob rule? Angry protesters disrupt healthcare town halls. And here's Chris Matthews of MSNBC performing the very same time warp trip. President's Republican allies tried to channel their supporters' outrage over protests into a winning issue by casting Democrats as an angry mob. Town hall meetings on health care are turning into mob scenes. Noisy, angry, vengeful crowds are shouting down members of Congress. Well, the clear message is uh, when a GOP crowd shows up, it's definitely a mob, even if they're wearing like period garb. But when liberal activists accost senators in elevators and scream folks out of restaurants, they're just voicing their opinion very forcefully. Unfreaking believable. But then the big potato. All this time, as conservatives have been calling her Pocahontas, well, Elizabeth Warren went out and found, through a DNA test, that she's one 1,024th American Indian. The genetic tests are in and have determined the percentage of Senator Elizabeth Warren's American Indian ancestry. Now, none can dare question her heritage. The problem, however, is that Warren might have less American Indian blood in her than the percentage of Sherpa ancestry of the average resident of Idaho. The Boston Globe makes an attempt and Warren releases results at DNA test to establish the American Indian bona fides of Massachusetts Senator. But ultimately, most Indian thing about her might be the name of the state she represents. Senator Warren has released a DNA test to provide strong evidence that she has Native American in her family tree dating back six to ten generations. But the generational range based on the ancestry that the report identifies suggests she's between 164th and 1 and 1024. Why would you even release that? Wow. Why? But time, Elizabeth Warren's DNA test shows how she's weaponizing transparency. She's transparent now. Dana Loesch sums it up. I didn't think white privilege existed until I watched Elizabeth Warren give a pass for appropriating a culture, which is so freaking true. But media soundbite back-to-back with Meghan McCain crushing them because of a conservative pulled this bullshit. Anybody other than the left team pulled this kind of bullshit and was found to be a liar, oh, they would rue the day. I mean, when the president says he has more Native American blood, he might be right. According to scientists in the New York Times, the average white European American has twice as much Native American blood as Senator Warren claims in her DNA test. Look, the pitching staff for the Atlanta Braves has more of a claim to be Native Americans than mm, Elizabeth Warren. I wouldn't Warren. go there. And I wouldn't she, go there. And she, I really wouldn't go there. Well, are you going to die on this the, hill over this? The Braves? Well, no, I'm just not going to bring up the name the reality, of the Atlanta Braves. The reality Braves is, to is she Elizabeth brought Warren. this on herself by filling out these forms over the years, claiming to be something she is not. She is so desperate to be part of the failed identity politics that, that ruined so the Democratic ridiculous. Party. That is so ridiculous, Scott. That she took Scott. the step to release this. This is the she most never, pathetic cell phone I've ever out, seen. She filled it out in in a... Uh, a uh, self-identifying faculty uh, guide. This is ridiculous. And and look, 
This is where the Democratic Party is. They've got a plagiarizer, a socialist, Spartacus, creepy porn lawyer, and now bizarro Pocahontas running for president. There's no well, way any of these people. You've got a serial no sexual way. assaulter There's who no is way president. They're you've got a serial sexual assaulter who is president. She was not telling the truth. This whole thing was created by Warren bringing this on herself. All of this scorn she's getting from the president, from you the Cherokee Nation. You get to decide if she believes her mother or not, Scott Jennings. You get to decide that. <laughs> You get to say what her ancestry is and how she should feel about it, how she should feel about this so story. So you can just make up, uh, you can just she make up a tribal heritage. She didn't make it up. She didn't make it up. And you are something she that you are not. She didn't one make it one up. Thousand? Is that what she's going to run on? I was no, one one thousand. she's going to run on. It's, it's crazy. But she's, but she's putting it out there. And it's going to sound crazy to anybody she's who been accused of having doesn't, none, isn't, isn't absorbed by the self-identity politics. That the Cherokee Nation criticized Warren's announcement, saying that her use of the DNA test is inappropriate and, quote, undermining tribal interests with her continued claims of tribal heritage. Biana? Yeah, a lot of people are questioning whether this revelation really did win her in any point. For, this is the reason it's controversial. When she was at Harvard Law School and when she was at the University of Pennsylvania, she represented herself as Native American. She, she contributed to a Native American cookbook called Pow Wow Chow, <laughs> calling herself Cherokee. The Cherokee Nation called the president's attacks derisive, but is also criticizing Warren, saying she is undermining tribal interests with her continued claims of tribal heritage, adding a DNA test is useless. Current DNA tests do not even distinguish whether a person's ancestors were indigenous to North or South America. But in the video, Warren says she respects the difference between family history and tribal affiliation. I'm not enrolled in a tribe, and only tribes determine tribal citizenship. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Remember, a lot of black and brown people in this country do not have the data to prove where they come from. Partly that's because of slave records that weren't dated, but secondly, because of miscegenation law. So the concept of quantifying culture, that is a white and majority concept. For a lot of us had to rely, as a black person of mixed race, um, on oral tradition to know where we were from. But So she's not saying, I used this. And acknowledging, she's not saying she well, used it, but she it, did. No, but acknowledging who you are isn't using who you are. It is when you are touted as the first Native American professor at Harvard Law School, and you're not Native American. She understood she was Native American. That's not good enough. Elizabeth Warren is out there representing that she's got a heritage that, at best, is probably similar to most Americans in this country, none of whom checked the box. Why do you get to dictate who or right. what I am? I don't right. want someone putting a pencil in my hair to see if it stays to find out if I'm really black. No one, no one would be making an issue out of this if she hadn't claimed it as an academic to advance her own career and allowed Harvard Law School to tout her as the first Native American professor when she was not. What's more to the point is Republicans are threatening health care. This is what about climate you condemned yes, yesterday. It's much more important to not focus a really, on stupid topics like this. It's not stupid. If this were a Republican, if yeah. this were a Republican right now, if this were Ted Cruz coming out here saying he's Native American, it came out that he was point zero zero nine. All of you would be going crazy. I say that with respect, but you would. You don't and know my that. problem right now is, okay, I, I believe a lot of Democrats would be going crazy. Then I don't oh, know right. necessarily right. this table. Excuse me, that is correct. Right. But I will say that going forward she had called herself native american there are videos on the internet i was watching last night when she was talking about how she yeah. was part of the cherokee tribe i'm from arizona i have friends who are part of the navajo nation i have a friend who's part of the agua caliente tribe it is disrespectful to people who uh, lobby and are, are part of their tribal she communities but, but she again, is respectful to them i'm sorry she's the average american european is was 0.18 in 
18% Native Americans. That means everyone in here is as well. I'm talking about real Native Americans, which you have to be one sixteenth to be considered I, part of the official tribe. Don't you think tribe. That this is really a dog whistle to the Republican Party to say, you see, this is what affirmative action does? See, he's trying no, to get rid I of that. that she, uh, they're I think claiming that she false. exaggerated I her background. Her, also, one more thing. Yeah, he never paid a contractor in his life. I know, but so this why is, would he pay a million dollars? We end with our Bias 101, CNN scaring people to vote. But remember, 34 states in America have what they call voter suppression laws, which is called an ID. you got to have an ID. So here's CNN. It'll be like this until the November election. Scaring people to vote as we go into our stats of the day. It has been called the new civil rights issue of our age, the right to vote, and it's now under siege in several states. Our senior political analyst, John Avalon, here with a reality check, sir. Yes, a a non-royal baby-free reality check. Now, this weekend, Georgia Senator David Perdue snatched a student's cell phone as he was beginning to ask a question about voter suppression. How can you endorse a candidate? No, I'm, not going to, I'm not doing that. I stole my property. You stole my property. Right, you wanted give a picture? Give me my phone back, Give me my phone back, Senator. Now, you can see why a senator might lose his cool. After our, the facts are hard to defend here. Under the guise of protecting election integrity, and who wouldn't want that, Republicans in several states are knocking hundreds of thousands of people off the voter rolls. In Georgia, nearly 600,000 people purged during one weekend in July, with an additional 53,000 applications left in limbo. In Indiana, nearly 500,000 threatened with being knocked off voter rolls. In Ohio, a use it or lose it law where failure to vote in two consecutive elections may cause you to lose your registration. In swing states, North Carolina and Florida attempts to roll back early voting. And in nine deep red states, thousands of polling places shuttered over the last five years, disproportionately affecting poor and minority communities. And in North Dakota, voter ID laws that could disenfranchise thousands of Native Americans ahead of a race that could confirm determined to control the Senate. Critics say this isn't about integrity. It's about winning elections by any means necessary. So let's start in Georgia, where the man running for governor, Brian Kemp, is also the Secretary of State, and therefore in charge of elections. Now, by performing voter list maintenance, Kemp already cut 600,000 voters from the rolls. Now his state has put into place an exact match system, which, if the voter's information doesn't exactly match across several lists in the state, things like skip middle names, hyphens, typos, that person's name is put into a pending list. 53,000 people and counting are now on that list. And the Associated Press says that nearly 70% of them are African American in a state that is 32% black. Now, Kemp's opponent, Stacey Abrams, just happens to be the first black woman to be a major party's nominee for governor in American history. Look, we should be lowering obstacles to voter participation, not raising them. This should not be a partisan issue. Just ask a conservative who Republicans usually listen to. Quote, For this nation to remain true to its principles, we cannot allow any American's vote to be denied, diluted, or defiled. That was Ronald Reagan. And that's your reality check. John, that is so helpful because, as you know, Republicans so often talk about voter fraud, but when you show us the numbers, then we see that voter disenfranchisement, the numbers are so much higher. That's a bigger threat. It's a big deal.
there was so much talk, or there is so much talk about the blue wave. When we all went through the Kavanaugh experience in the last few weeks, many people said this is going to drive more Democrats to go out and vote. But if you actually look at the polls, they've tightened. They've tightened. This Kavanaugh situation has hurt Democrats in the way that they handled it. We knew that Democrats were excited to vote before. We know through the Kavanaugh confirmation, now a lot more Republicans are excited to vote. One of the things Democrats have been pushing uh, is they're sort of the moral leaders, and they have been pointing the finger at Republicans. And something sort of got... <laughs> muzzled in the last few weeks that when it, you sit it, down it, it, with, with even a centrist and you talk about the Kavanaugh confirmation whether it's my feelings or not they're quickly saying it's not just dirty politics on one side and Merrick Garland on one side the way Mitch McConnell handled it more and more people are saying they don't like the way Democrats handled it yeah I know I'm going to hear from half the Judiciary Committee and so I, I, I. I, 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 it pains me to say this but the Senate Democrats were incredibly ineffective in the Kavanaugh hearings. I think that depressed Democratic feelings about the contrast between the parties. Otherwise, I agree. This, this, this just drove a fire under the Republican base. When you've lost Stephanie Rule, you've lost it. You just lost it. She's a uber lib. But reports are showing GOP women are furious over Democrats' anti-Kavanaugh smear campaign. And so are Dem strategists. All sorts of articles coming out that they realize they really jumped the shark. I could read you piles of them. It hurt them. It tightened it up. But the good stats, un-Kavanaugh. I'm so Kavanaugh the fuck out. 3% of U.S. taxpayer paid the majority of income taxes in 2016. Goes back to what we talk about. The more you pay, the less everybody else pays. Nearly half the world lives on five fifty a day, which is... Pretty scary, but not as scary as Honduras migrant caravan grows to 4,000 people and Mexican army is helping them, the federal police. Another report came out, politicization of sports and entertainment continues to damage viewership. All viewership, including the NFL, is down. It's not good. Not good at all. Google relies on Soros as an expert in good censor report. Once again, turning to the left to help. Who else is turning to the left? Democrats. Media and Hollywood give nearly 40 million to liberal candidates for the midterm. This fucking Beto O'Rourke is getting a shit ton of money. Shit ton. But our style of the day is actually from WAPO. We're staying silent out of fear. Gonna read it. Most ordinary people in unbear found it unbearable to live under communism in Eastern Europe and Soviet Union. The reasons varied. Shortage of consumer goods, incessant propaganda, restriction on travel. Nothing was more psychologically exhausted than the constant pressure to watch every word one said and to pretend to believe things one did not for fear of negative repercussion. Dissidents called this double morality or double consciousness. It drove people crazy. It actually drove some to suicide. Only among trusted family and friends was it possible to speak one mind, yet even that was not guaranteed. Of all the aspects of totalitarian life, citizens of the former Eastern Bloc say this was the hardest to explain to those who grew up in the West. 
Until now, perhaps, a new study of political attitudes in the United States offers stunning evidence that most Americans censor themselves, except among people they regard as like-minded on a bundle of sensitive topics, immigration, immigrants, race, racism, gay, lesbian, and gender issues, and Islam and Muslims. The report by Moore in Common, a new nonprofit dedicated to understanding and healing political polarization in the United States and Europe, is based on a nationwide survey of nearly 8,000 people conducted in the past December and January. It found that between 51 and 66% of Americans agree there was pressure to think a certain way. Each of the aforementioned topics with immigration seen as the least sensitive and Islam the most. Further on, large majorities of the public, 80% or more, see both hate speech and political correctness as problems plaguing American politics. What this doesn't go on to say is it's coming from the left. And this goes back to what I talk about all the time. This is the reason Trump got elected. This is the reason 38 states, 40 states initially banned gay marriage. This is the reason polls found they didn't have a problem with them selectively stopping people from migrating to the company country. This is the reason majority of people want a wall. A majority of people, not the wall itself, but they want immigration curbed. This is the reason People didn't care if Kavanaugh got confirmed or not. We're living in a Soviet-style society run by the media and the Democratic Party where you have to say a certain thing, believe what they believe, or else you're chastised. You lose your job. The gay mafia has taught everybody how to fucking pressure businesses to believe what they believe. And only lefties can go online and say horrible things and get away with it, while Twitter and Facebook, Instagram and the rest, censor you for things that aren't racist, xenophobic, homophobic. They're opinions or facts. It was buried, but it was on WAPO. Because I believe they know this blue wave concept is going to be the bigger wave you think. Because people are sick of this. They're sick of a select people living in bubbles telling them what to think, feel, and believe. And that's our stat of the day. To an ambiance break and into news, social, media nuggets.
people, man. This is this is our generation, man. All you people, we're all together, man. It's groovy. And dig yourselves, because it's really groovy. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see these girls? Yep. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls, and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales! Get these in the military now! Three notes and make up! Off we go into the wild blue yonder, climbing high into the sun. and be all you can be for it's an adventure for the few the proud the brave in military corner and military corner 100% attendal housing unavailable after Hurricane. I wanted to get that in. 600 families got to be transplanted. That base got trashed. There's an F-35 that got trashed. It's just horrible. Locally, spouse of slain hunter first soldier in custody but remains uncharged. Victor Silvers is still in custody in connection with the October 14th shooting death of his wife, Army Sergeant Brittany Nicole Silvers, a soldier in the hunter first Airborne Division Aviation Brigade. I cannot believe they shut down the whole post. Um, it's pretty hush-hush. The Hunter First is pretty good at that. And, yeah, that's just horrible domestic abuse. Three troops were in a suicide bombing at Bagram Air Force Base. Uh, that happened. Media didn't really cover. Six EOD soldiers awarded 11 medals for action in Afghanistan. It's a pretty interesting article. Go to task and purpose. But these guys have been doing some dangerous work over there. Marine Combat Assault Battalion set to deactivate after 76 years. Unbelievable. They're going to close it down. And then our military funny story. Technician accidentally fires Vulcan cannon and destroys an F-16. A maintenance worker accidentally fired a 20-millimeter Vulcan cannon from an F-16 jet he was working on at Belgium's Florence Air Force Base earlier this week, destroying another F-16 while damaging another aircraft. The worker apparently opened fire across the flight line with performing maintenance October 11th. The F-16 that was racked by cannon fire quickly caught fire and exploded. You can't help thinking what a disaster this could have been. Colonel Didier Pulmer said the Belgian Air Force confirmed a fire broke out on the base and basically that guy, yeah, he's in big trouble. 
Big, big trouble. Which brings us in to our college crazy. Georgetown professor who tweeted, castrate corpse of white men. Place done, leave. I got that from Chuck Woolery. Yeah. She won't get fired. Tenure, you know. Students use cupcakes tie-dyed in diversity talk. Oh. Stony Brook University is hosting an October 15th diversity cupcake event where students will use different cupcake toppings to represent their race, class, etc. The school will also host October 19th tie-dye diversity function where they tie-dye pictures because we're all just one big family. Unless your wife, white, and if you're white, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Former law professor, sexual assault victim's testimony legally sufficient to convict. A former University of Georgia law professor and CNN legal analyst tweeted Monday that sexual assault victim's testimony is legally sufficient. The tweet came in response to First Lady saying that those who make sexual assault allegations need really hard evidence. Paige Pete's his name. A victim's testimony is legally sufficient evidence by itself to convict someone. Unless they're a Democrat. Yeah, then that, that does, doesn't count. No. Student charged for allegedly making false anti-LGBT threats against herself. An Ohio University student has been charged with misdemeanor after police say she made false alarms against herself. Ohio University student-run newspaper The Post reported that the threats expressed extreme hatred because of who I am. Anna Ayers, who's a member of OU Student Senate, was arrested Monday and charged by Ohio State uh, University Department with three separate counts of making false alarms. It alleged that Ayers falsely reported multiple threatening messages, including a death threat, which she claimed she was was because she was gay. Making false alarms, first-degree misdemeanor that can carry a maximum penalty of six months in jail. But an OU police department investigating revealed that uh, Ayers' claims were false. They have a big thing they put out. It's just all a lie. She made it up like half the Trump people beating up on people was. Mm-hmm. Anna Ayers, thank you to everyone who's reached out and supported me this week. An extra gratitude to Maddox, 16, Lindy, Ram, blah, 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 who have been there side-by-side, stepped away during a pretty awful time in my life. Bob, dat, love, eat, beats, haters. Yeah. We stand with you. Yeah, because you lied. Yeah. California Christian School brings back gay relationship ban. Azuzu Pacific University made changes to the school's policy without the approval of the board and trustees seemingly suggesting the students could engage in same-sex relationships. Pro-LGBT students protested at the school's board of trustees. The whole gay mafia will be out there going fucking crazy. But what it really was is that you can't have relationships. It's a Christian school. Sex is for when you're married. And basically, the world will blow up on this. You watch. It's going to get fucking huge. Because being reported totally wrong, but yeah, no. No gay relationships, no relationships, fucking period. You're here to learn about God, and I said fucking with God, and that's just fucking horrible. I'm going to hell, but it, wow. It's Christian school. They, they can have the rules, just like the liberal ones, which means you can't be white. Students, and this one just dovetails into this. Queer the Bible for credit. Yeah, I read that right. Pomona College students can earn one credit by taking queer theory in the Bible. This process of queering will allow and require us to approach the biblical text in new ways. Queer theory in the Bible will teach students how to read the Bible through queer theory by examining excerpts that are 
central to prohibitions on homosexuality, as well as discourses of heteronormativity through which homophobic reading of the Bible are born. We will also look at ways in which these discourses and the identities they shore up can be queered, as well as a biblical text that can be read as queer-friendly. Of course, the scripture read, this process of querying will allow it to acquire us to approach the biblical text in new ways. I'm glad the promoter provides his professor with the academic freedom to teach courses on challenging a potential controversial subject, promoted student Heidi Argu told Campus Reform, adding that it was hard to say she would choose to take such a course herself. Pomona College is one of the several colleges across the country offering courses in which students study queering. Pomona College also offers a course titled Queering Childhood. Yeah, everybody should be gay. But you notice in here, they do not have a course or any syllabus for queering the Quran. No! None of them do that. That's a perfect one for them. Motherfuckers. Old Miss professors, senators don't deserve your civility. University of Mississippi professor tweeted that U.S. senators don't deserve your civility. The tweet came just days after Ted Cruz was run out of a Washington, D.C. restaurant. U.M. Chancellor Jeff Vitter just responded, It doesn't reflect what we think, but we're doing nothing to him because we hate those fucking Republicans, too. But the funny one that came out, anti-Kavanaugh protests postponed because it was Indigenous People Day. So even in the fight for women's rights, you get booted, folks, by feminists. Because indigenous people is way more important than Kavanaugh. And lastly, professor offer extra credit for attending Democrat campaign event. Clayton State University professor Andrea Allen offered her students extra credit for attending an event supporting Democratic Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. Clayton County Republican Party chairman and Georgia Association of College Republican chairwoman voiced their displeasure with the institution. Clayton said... State said that Allen subsequently agreed to offer extra credit if you go see those horrible, xenophobic, racist Republicans. At least she's being honest. That's what it's all about. It's not about their civic duty to vote. It's about supporting the principles of the Communist Party, I mean the Democratic Party. Hairstylist seen in video kicking pro-life demonstrator loses job and may face charges. That's the part that bothers me with the whole story. That's why I brought it back because we covered it a couple months ago. He kicked her in, he kicked her in the face. He's going to lose his job, but he's still not getting assault charges for kicking a woman in the face, which is so feminist of him. Our, I can't believe I read this story. Transgender man identifies as a dog and says chasing sticks and playing on all fours has brought him closer to his husband. This is fucking real. I'm not making this shit up. Never makes American press. This was in the Daily Mail. Playing fetch on all fours might seem like an unusual activity for an adult, but one man who identifies as a dog says it has brought him closer to his husband. Tony McGinn, known as Tony Bark to his friends. (laughs) Tony Bark says he has been in, into animal role play his entire life and refers to himself as a human pup. The 30-year-old who was born female and is transgender is supported by his husband and handler, Andrew, who accompanies him to regular play dates with other role players in their hometown of Los Angeles. To me, a dog is everything pure in the world. Dogs experience the world through a lens of pure joy that I don't think other animals have. 
A lot of little kids like to play like their dog, and most of them grow out of it. I just never grew out of it. And now in my adult life, in my relationship, it's a way for me to feel vulnerable and exposed and close to my partner. It's a very intimate thing. Imagine if the easiest way to delight your partner is you just throw a ball across a room. Relationships would fail, wouldn't fail anymore if they had to do that. I hang out and I provide him with lots of attention to tell him he's a good boy. That's basically 90% of it. I think everyone... Oh, that was her husband or whatever. I think everyone should feel com- comfortable exploring the limits of the creativity and imagination. And no! 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 That's all I have to say about that. What the fuck? I also found one where a guy... So, there's a, in this transgender relationship, which I'm supposed to grasp and embrace and just say, that's totally normal. A girl became a guy, and a guy became a girl, and they got married. So, they're married to the opposite sex, but they consider themselves gay. And now the guy's having a baby from the girl that was a guy. You know, no. No, 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 no. That's not normal. What the fuck? So, you switch sexes. And you think you're gay, but now he doesn't have a penis that he did when he got you pregnant. Now his penis is a canoe, and your canoe is a penis. But you still got a uterus? I don't know! It's so fucking amazing! That was on Facebook. I didn't say anything because I didn't want my friends from Oregon to lose their mind. The View! Uh, Maggie Jennenhall shares about her 12-year-old daughter. She ran into somebody recently, a little girl her age, who said she wasn't a feminist. My daughter was astonished. She came home and cried. Alexander DeSantis. Raise your daughters to be strong, independent young women who cry when they meet girls who don't buy their feminist worldview. That pretty much sums it up. Remember Chuck Wending? He's, uh, I know. But he's the Marvel Star Wars author who told you about last week who went on an unhinged rant, President Donald Trump and his entire GOP. Sorry, I'm reading the article. I, we didn't talk about it. A rant that has now cost him his job. Aaron Couch, Star Wars comic book writer Chuck Wendig, says Marvel has fired him over his Twitter behavior. So he tweets on. So here's the thing that happened. I just got fired from Marvel, taken off issue four and five of Shadow of Vader, and taken off a yet unannounced SW book. This might be a long thread, so apologize in advance. Today I got a call on fire because of negativity and vulgarity that my tweets bring. Seriously, that's what Mark, the editor, said. It was too much politics, too much vulgarity, too much negativity on my part. Basically because I want not civil, y'all think. What you pissed off about half America that might have consequences? This is what he wrote last week, this article shows us. Fuck Trump! But he's just the ugly fake gold mass that you brought on this thing. Fuck all the GOP. Fuck the blubbering, bristling frat boy judge. Fuck McConnell, Ryan, Grassley, Collins, every last one of them. Fuck them for how they've shamed victims and helped dismantle democracy. And he told the callous fucknecks, you prolapsed assholes, to eat shit. He then went on a whole thing about... James Gunn and yada yada and no, I'm not reading it. Good, you lost your job. It's a comic book. It's for fucking kids. And adults don't go on fucking Twitter and go, fuck you with your prolapsed asshole and eat shit. That's not what adults do. Gee, many crickets, man. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Nothing Obama did, and he did a lot I didn't like. I never fucking was this 
unglued. Lefty insanity. This is from MRC. UN cow fart catchers. Yeah. The UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, has given the planet 10 years to live. We're going to die in 10 years now, but we were already told by Al Gore that we're frozen solid right now. But okay. Or something. This has upset a sort of people who know the IPCC's existence are exists and are given to taking it pronouncements seriously. You know, the kind of serious souls who give thought to bovine gassiness. Really? Isn't it The Guardian, the UK's leading socialist paper? Not content to hobble industrial economics and developed nations. The unelected authoritarians at IPC are taking aim at agriculture. For one thing, they want us to stop eating meat, which would also please the vegan animal rights authoritarians and the health authoritarians. Don't you love it when a plan comes together? But that's not all. Cow farts are a major source of greenhouse gas. But researchers who collect the gases in bags fitted to the cow's ass have found there's considerable natural variations from animal to animal. If the low emission cows could be bred with each other, this could bring down these emissions, they say. Researchers in other countries are also looking at changing feed to make cattle less gaseous. So we're going to get unleaded cows. No, no, no. What the frickin' hell. Outrageous new TV dating shows cut straight to the chase. Once upon a time, in a more coy era, people made an effort to get to know each other, perhaps learning each other's names before hopping into bed. For the swipe right generation raised on dating apps like Tinder, that is just so last century. A new dating show is helping time-pressed millennials Save on the unnecessary preliminaries, but cutting straight to the chase. Making love as Jaws dropped as MIPCOM, the world's biggest TV market and cons. But as contestants go right to bed, they meet each other, and they fuck. Yeah, that's nice. Washington State to decide uh, for uh, the first time U.S. carbon fee. Voters in Washington State will go to the polls November 6th to decide whether or not they want to impose the first-of-its-kind fee on carbon emissions. I'm telling you it's coming. Poor Todd in Oregon and Matt in Oregon and my folks. You're going to get fucked for driving a car. I, I guarantee it is just a decade away and they'll stick a machine on your car. And as you drive, you're going to have to put your credit card in to pay for the emissions because you're poor. To the funny shit. Oh, my God. I left my ass off on this. I don't know who sent this to me. I think it was my wife. Man ran over by lawnmower while trying to kill son with a chainsaw. That's a real thing, and it's in my state. A Tennessean man was, who police said was run over with a lawnmower while trying to kill his son with a chainsaw had to have his leg amputated. The Bristol Herald Courier reported that a warrant for 76-year-old Douglas Ferguson couldn't be served until Tuesday because of the severity of his injuries. According to Sullivan County Sheriff's Office release, officers called to a home June 28th found Ferguson bleeding from his leg and head. Preliminary investigation indicated he had tried to attack his son with a running chainsaw while his son mowed the yard. Detective said the father and son had had an ongoing feud. Ferguson is charged with attempted second-degree murder and violating probation. <laughs> no surprise he was on probation. Yeah. Surveillance video from a store is clear to a young black child who was accused of groping a white woman at a Brooklyn 
corner store and it's a total lie. I do that story because, you know, it's always the South that are all the racist fucking pieces of shit. But I always get stories about racist bullshit like this. Some white Brooklynite woman accusing a black kid, a groper, he didn't do anything, and fucking with people while they walk through stores because they're black. That's why all the bubble lipper livers think the world's that way. But because you don't leave your bubble, nobody's following black people through fucking Walmart. They don't give a fuck. They're following the Mexicans. No, I'm joking. They're not following anybody. I mean, fuck. Jesus Christ. Substitutes teacher had sex with teen in classroom during high school pep rally. Cops say, what the fuck? A teacher has been arrested and charged after having sex with a teenage student in a school classroom, according to the police. During a pep rally day at Port Bear High School, Constant Robertson, who's not an ugly woman, had sex with a student in a classroom, according to police chief Don Boudreaux. Robertson, a 25-year-old substitute teacher, has been working for Louisiana school systems since 2017. A video of the incident was discovered by school administrator because they were fucking stupid and they taped their sucky fucky And put it online. Probably not supposed to tape your sucky fucky with the student. And it still comes back to, I understand what's wrong with these women. Do you just not like older men? Why don't you go to college? Go get a college kid. They're young. Their peckers don't wear out. Go have fun with that shit. Not that I know about young peckers. I know my pecker was better when I was younger, let's be honest. But anyway, we just talked about peckers. I'm going to... No, I'm not going to edit it out. Fuck it, we'll leave it. Two arrested in Roseville bowling ball attack. Two people have been arrested in connection with an incident in which a bowling alley employee was struck on the head with a bowling ball. Brandon Moore, 31, a Clinton Township, was arraigned in the 39th District Court on single count of assault with intent to do great bodily harm. Yeah, they've got a picture. They're gonging this motherfucker with a bowling bar. Wow. Cookies in cremation? That's a question. Students' cookie recipe may have included grandparents' ashes. That's it. I'm done. Bye. What the fuck? And they fed him to a class. Wow. I did have a grandma that had cigarette butts in hers. It had a smoky scent. Mysterious cosmic radio signal spotted unusually close to Earth. And yeah, here we are. Contact. A strange flash of radio waves that was recently detected in space has now been traced to its home galaxy and appears to originate from relatively nearby. Fast radio bursts, or FRBs, are blasts of radio waves that last for only a few milliseconds but contain as much energy as our sun puts out in decades. Over 50 have been spotted in space since they were first discovered in 2007. However, we still don't know what causes them. Most detected bursts have been billions of light years away, making them hard to study. But in my mind... Yeah, that's, that's, that's E.T. That's E.T. And so now we will go into our lighter fare. NBC was out talking to people about GOP stuff and I, this old person just let him have it. So go to fucking Venezuela. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Democratic New York City is actually home to a Republican congressman in a district that voted overwhelmingly for President Trump. Democrats think they can change that this year. New York's 11th district voted for Trump by a huge margin. It includes all of Staten Island, and it feels nothing like where we came from this morning, especially here in New Dorp, where Republican Congressman Dan Donovan asked us to meet him. Why'd you want to meet at ShopRite? Well, this is where you find out what was really on people's minds. What Absolutely. does it say there? Stand for the flag, flag kneel for the kneel cross. Kneel for the cross, Absolutely. And if you don't like it, go to Venezuela. <laughs> you think you'll go vote for the congressional election? Oh, I will. And what will be the things that are on your mind the most? Voting my president. Supporting oh, yeah. your president. Same thing. I love Donald Trump. He's great. A lot of Democrats out here feel the same way you do. Especially after the Kavanaugh thing. So many women that work here were outraged by that. Really? Yes. The way he was treated. Just the, just the treatment. What do you want from your congressman? Oh, my God. And I would love to see a wall built. I would love to see his agenda move forward. That's some good stuff right there. And with Halloween just around the corner, also in our wider fair, I don't know if Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, they understand that... It, not everybody is a liberal fucking moon bat. So this tweet pretty much sums up probably what a lot of the next podcast is going to be about, because I'm sure it's going to be coming back. It's going to rear its ugly head. Hulu decided to hit the PC trail. Subscription TV service Hulu is doing something called Huluween, which might or might not involve viewers sending in photos of themselves wearing costumes. That's the only reason we can think of Hulu to remind everyone to be PC. If you're dressing up for Halloween this year, this is your reminder to wear a costume that is culturally appropriate and respectful to others. Let's celebrate the holiday in a way that we all can enjoy. Hmm. You know, I don't think they think it out. Right now, the Connors, which was Roseanne's show, they decide they're going to come back and they're just going to redo that motherfucker like she was never there. The Connors ratings are a lot lower than the Roseanne premiere. This is from Entertainment Weekly, not a Republican site, not a conservative site, not a racist site. ABC's Roseanne without Roseanne spinoff, the Connors, couldn't come anywhere close to the blockbuster premiere rating of the predecessor, yet still had a strong number. The debut aired delivered 10.5 million viewers and a 2.3 among 18 to 49. That's down 55%. They spun it on the end. They didn't expect it to be the same. Uh, uh, it's not the same. I don't think you understand America. My kid wants to be a fucking Indian. He's going to be a fucking Indian. You never had a problem with somebody being a cowboy. I'm sure cowboys don't like people making fun of them either. So, yeah. Halloween's coming. We're going to get it. So... That wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family, friends, send comments, or suggestions for segments by emailing foppodcast at gmail.com. Foppodcast at gmail.com. You get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Make sure you check out the Flyover Politic webpage at foppodcast.com. Foppodcast.com. It's a theme. There you see feeds of the show. Links to our Facebook page and email us. You all see a link to every episode on the episode release page and nothing on my blog page. As stated, the next podcast will be the 22nd Tuesday, 
Big two. Was it 22nd or 23rd? I think I said that wrong, didn't I? Because it shouldn't be the 22nd. It is the 23rd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 23rd, we'll be doing campaign ads. Got a bunch of stuff already going together. And I'm going to do a, a hit piece on Majority Ford. Hit some Halloween stuff coming up. Promise I'll start getting back to two podcasts a week. For those that listen to the old stuff, I hope you enjoyed it. If not, I'll keep cranking them out. Make sure you stay warm. It's changed down here. We're in the fall. Woke up the frost on the pumpkin. Finally, Indian summer done. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. And tune in next Tuesday for another exciting episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. As always, thanks for listening and take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at foppodcast.com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.